0: Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that thinks that in this episode all the problems could have been solved had there been anger management available on Earth with two moons.
1: I'm (laughs) Frank. I'm John, and I'm back. Hey, John. I'm
2: Jordan. And I'm Kendall.
0: And this week we are watching episode 10 Guerrilla Warfare. Overall, interesting episode, but we'll get, you know, we'll be going through all that. John's back. Uh, John, I'm assuming you had your fill of turkey, right? Like you're good for another oh, yeah. year like me.
3: I I yeah. mean, I'm not I mean, like I could have turkey every day. I'd be fucking happy, but I mean, <laughs> and like I I on the, when I was listening to uh last episode, you mentioned something about the guys in the states have better turkeys, and I'm like no one makes turkey better than my mom. So I don't know what you're talking <laughs>
1: about. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I just like the grape leaves I get.
2: <clears throat> well, I make a decent turkey. Uh, I will say, I will say uh, that I had turkey at Bob Evans this uh, tonight. It was pretty good, um, but I did get um, some. I did get a turkey breast, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I got a, an idea to make it in a crock pot um, oh, nice. for tomorrow with some gravy and stuff. I thought maybe it'd be a little bit, a little bit easier. Um, you know, I like to, uh, I like to pretend like every day is Thanksgiving, um, and by every day I mean about like four or five times a year.
0: Oh. It's something to strive for.
3: It's pretty much the same as every day, you know. There's only only like what, like seven days in a year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It'd be cheaper than trying to make every day like Christmas.
2: Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess the thing, I guess, make every day like Thanksgiving. It would be very expensive for some people and very cheap for other people. (laughs) Because it's like, oh yeah, every day is like Thanksgiving. Okay, I'll buy the, you know, I'll buy the stovetop stuffing. Or every day is like Thanksgiving, <laughs> I'll buy a forty pound turkey. Oh. Or you can okay. just be like every day is like
3: Thanksgiving and always be thankful for what you have.
0: Aww.
3: Oh.
2: Aww. So
0: anyway, that's our sappy moment. So I want <laughs> to tell
2: you one thing that I'm thankful for is that there's actually some trivia in the IMDB section of the Beast Wars oh boy. episode uh, of Warfare. Okay, so there are there are four pieces of trivia. And one thing that claims to be trivia, and I don't agree with it. Um, so I'll read the four pieces of trivia first. When going off to fight the Predacons, Optimus Primal slips on a faceplate, making him resemble his ancestor Optimus Prime. So we actually talked about this uh, yeah. a while a little while ago. That like, you know, what do you think of the versions that have the have the lip, and then they cover it with a faceplate? So. It was yeah. That's something. And in the that, last
3: episode that I was on, he had the faceplate in that one too. Yeah. Oh, he mean? did. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not the first time yeah,
0: this
2: happened. Oh well, he well, just dropped
0: down for like I think once, for once. one
2: scene. Right, or something. right. Yeah, when he when he takes off, I, it might have happened oh, in, in other right, episodes yeah. too.
0: But
3: uh. It definitely mm-hmm. happened before. Yeah.
2: Well, this that the important thing is that this is the episode that somebody felt the need to write in the trivia section of IMDb.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's, it's a little bit more apparent, maybe, it happens yeah. like right.
2: It's yeah. yeah, it's a it's lingered on a bit more. It's a and it's kind of a plot point. Like he's trying to look bad, extra badass. Like he's trying to, <laughs> he's he's got all of his guns out, and he's uh, every, you know he's got his he's got his his one hand's a gun, and his other hand's a sword. And I was thinking. You know, he has another sword. He could have a, that other hand as a gun and a sword. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, it, when he places it, his, he's got like a wrist-mounted gun. It doesn't, it doesn't right, take, right.
3: It sells a hand, right? So he could do that. Yeah.
2: Um, okay, so in Japan, so we're back to having the Japan episode titles. Um, yep. Episode Yay. was called Yay. Satsujin Virus. Or Murderous Virus. That was my attempt at speaking with a Japanese accent. I've been trying to sing the Sailor Moon theme song, so I'm getting kind of good at Japanese.
0: Um, <laughs> I still remember the American one.
2: Oh, yeah, God. He, I wish I didn't have to remember the, <laughs> the American one now. I love it. I love it. I, I think it's I just... like the American theme song uh, better than the Japanese. Well, I just... I, it would be... Because I've been watching the Viz dub, the new dub... It would be really nice if they could have had the the American theme song. Even if, you know, nothing else, you know, everything else about the Vizdub is great, but if they could have had the American theme song, or if Hulu would give me the there subtitles, the phonetic Japanese subtitles, so that I could sing along.
1: There was a, a CD put out back, like, back when, in the maybe late 90s, early 2000s, when anime was hitting its peak, that was just a DVD of anime theme songs. And it had everything from, like, uh Gigantor and, and Adam Adam Boy to all the way up to like uh Urasai Yatsura but it also had and cutie honey, but it also had the American uh Sailor Moon song and Speed Racer and, and just basically like a lot of the classic like known uh animes that were around around at that time.
3: That's yeah, so it's like it's like a Disney sing along tape but for yes. anime.
0: Yes. That's oh my amazing. God. <laughs> I would have loved that as a kid.
1: Yeah, oh, I, have, I, I got it like right, right away. It's it's great. Oh
0: uh-huh.
2: man, it's great. Yeah,
0: I may have to try and track that down now.
2: You, you know, still make those, isn't isn't not there, <laughs> there an? I feel like there's Satsujin. S- does sound like an anime character. <laughs> tetsu, tetsu, does. Tetsu, tetsujin, Tetsujin, or Tetsujin? Yeah. Hmm. So,
0: I may have just accidentally sworn Japanese, and if so I apologize. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely no idea whether that is an actual word. <laughs>
2: Uh, Yeah, I I I don't know. It's just like also having a character named Murderous seems like there would be a character named Murderous in uh, in an anime.
0: Yeah,
2: Um, yeah, that's a cool title. Better, better than Guerrilla Warfare. I don't know. Does does it have? uh, Does the IMDb have some of the other
1: title foreign localization titles? No, it does not. Because some of them, like just the literal translation of some of them, are actually kind of really funny. Uh, like. For the French one, it's. I'm probably going to say this wrong. Like, on sing, on cotia, or I, I can't say it in French. Sorry, but literally translated, is an angry monkey. <laughs> uh, the French Canadian is just mean Optimus, uh, machant optimist. Um, the Italians running a muck gorilla, which is oh, <sighs> gorilla dalla furiosa.
3: I hope that's right.
0: Yeah, but people might have tuned in then expecting like a Donkey Kong cartoon. <laughs>
3: yeah, there was Donkey Kong cartoon. That was CG. That's kind of yeah. funny. That you mentioned it. <laughs> oh yeah, Donkey Kong Country. I love um... Oh. If you haven't, if you guys, any listeners have not seen Donkey Kong Country, the cartoon, and you want like a good uh, primer for it, like a good summary of it and review, Pro Jared did a really good video on the
2: series, and that's pretty funny. <laughs>
0: Anyways, what are the right, other so, uh, uh, bits of trivia? So there, in
2: Scorponox Lab, some symbols can be seen on the screen. According to story editor Bob Forward, they are upside-down text in Cybertronics, the Transformer language used in the Beast Wars saga, uh, which spell out, you've got problems. This alludes to the virus oh. being imperfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so okay. we tried to tell them.
2: <laughs> okay, so uh, this uh, th- this la- this. This last piece of actual trivia uh, sort of mirrors what I was thinking when I was watching the episode. Uh, the, episodal, the episode title is a pun on the concept of guerrilla warfare G U E R I L L A. Optimus Primal transforms into a gorilla, although he doesn't transform into a gorilla, but he is a gorilla, and wages war on Predacons. Also, Guerrilla Warfare is built on surprise attacks, sabotage, ambushes, and deception, which is the opposite of the Roaring Rampage Optimus embarks on. (laughs) True True enough. That sounds like something that I was reading from the TF wiki, but it was actually on IMDB. (laughs) (laughs) And then the final piece of... I don't think this is trivia, but this is a thing that somebody wrote in the trivia section. It says that it references com it, it says the film contains references to comic heroes, not the episode, the film. And I was like, mm. and then it says Optimus Prime Optimus's personality change into an aggressive fighter alludes to the Incredible Hulk, which maybe Sure. I mean, Dinobot whatever. calls Optimus <laughs> a war machine, a possible reference to the superhero War Machine. Uh, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> and, and this is the one that really confused me. Optimus Primal's attack on Waspinator pays homage to the Frank Miller comic Batman the Dark Knight Returns. I said this in the chat, but that's reaching so <laughs> like,
3: like Yeah. Like I, like like I said and mentioned like in like there's wall takedowns and Deus Ex and in even Batman Arkham uh, the Arkham games that like are exactly right. Like, I mean, it's not like a it's not a unique thing that only Dark Knight Returns did. Does he say
2: Does he say a quip to 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 Waspinator or anything? Because there's also I don't think so. no, yeah. Yeah, no, he just
0: pulls was, him in and then doesn't he shoot him?
2: Yeah, he pulls him through, he pulls like, him in, throws him through
1: oh,
3: another
0: wall. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. And then he shoots him.
3: I was actually watching that scene when you
2: mentioned that trivia in the chat.
0: You were actually, like, this does not remind
2: me of Dark Knight Returns. <laughs>
0: Uh, the thing that it reminded me of actually initially when i saw that scene that, and it stuck in my brain was the scene in the first iron man movie cuz in uh Gulmira, when he pulls the guy through the wall there that's what it first reminded me of
2: yeah but yeah not so much the dark knight returns unless i will continue yeah. to i will continue to investigate this and uh try to get down to the bottom of of why this person at least Figure out why this person thinks it was a reference to The Dark Knight Returns.
0: Oh wait, yes, there is there is a point where he pull where he does that in Dark Knight Returns. It's when so, the uh, the baby's being held being held hostage, and he pulls one of the the gang members through the wall.
3: I'm mean, I'm sure it happened. I'm just saying, like I don't yeah. think it's like unique to Dark Knight Returns. Well, no, probably not.
1: So like I I was looking in the TF Wiki, they mentioned RoboCop in that, in particular to that scene with him punch, punching through the wall and pulling him through. And when you mentioned Dark Knight's Returns, I remember you also mentioned Frank Miller, and then, like, is it just a Frank Miller thing to have someone punch through a wall?
3: Yeah, I, will, I will admit, like, Dark Knight Returns, like, precedes a lot of the references <laughs> that I made that, it like, it's happening, yeah. but I still don't yeah. think that it's, yeah. like, I still don't think, like, all of those instances of people getting, like, <laughs> punching through a wall and getting mm-hmm. pulled through is, like, based
2: off Dark Knight Returns I think it's just a thing that Well that's like, just not a that's do. not a a thing in Dark Knight Returns that sticks out to me. Now granted I don't remember Dark Knight Returns very well cuz I read it a decade ago and then 5 years ago. Yeah. and then I actually s- haven't read it. Yeah. I it's been a, it's been a long time since I read it so I I may have to I may have to read it again. If it was now if it was a reference to Dark Knight 3 The Master Race then I might have better uh, memory of it which uh, this is completely unrelated but if anybody follows comics that's that book has taken forever to come out which I don't have a problem with but the I, when I when I was re- looking into Dark Knight Returns it it uh, in the Wikipedia it said that Dark Dark Knight 3 the Master Race was supposed to be a twice monthly book to come out in late yeah. 2015
0: I think what they're on like <laughs> issue what
2: uh, five or six are coming out this uh, this week okay um, but uh but um yeah it, it if I, I forget it i think it's issue six is coming out this week i i guess i could actually check my i no i don't have my Comicsology pulled up right now i won't worry about it <laughs> all right i just wanted to point out that i
1: posted a link to amazon to that cd i mentioned which is like uh a buck 26 and
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: is it prime some- eligible <laughs> I'm Not sure, but it has like a Another lot of thing. good things. Like I've, some of the things I forgot. Like it also has the uh, the theme song from the Catgirl Nuku Nuku OAV, which is like the most 80s song I have ever heard in my life, and also uh, the opening from Oh My Goddess. So
2: just like get, really fun upbeat songs. You, you can get a collectible version of it for forty five dollars and eighty nine cents. <laughs> It looks like oh it my. is it is not prime eligible, so it is there is three ninety nine shipping. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, but still for like
0: five bucks, you can't buy much for five bucks anymore.
2: <laughs> is this a commercial for Subway? <laughs> oh wait, no, Subway doesn't have five dollar subs. longs? <laughs> yeah. Now they're six dollars sometimes. What's well, like in a. Over here in in in
3: uh in uh northern colonies, uh we um for for there was a there's a thing on KFC called Toonie Tuesdays yeah. because you guys don't have Toonies were in the states which are which are like two dollar coins by the way. if yes, someone know, doesn't know. I know what I know. I know what a I figured like, you knew, but I mean, just in case someone <laughs> listening doesn't know, and and well, the idea was you you give them a Toonie and you get like uh like I don't know like a drumstick meal or something like. Mm-hmm. A couple chicken pieces, fries, and a drink, and those are not. They still call them Toonie Tuesdays, but they're no longer a Tuny. They're like it's like three dollars, or like yeah, something it's like, like that, or maybe even three ninety nine at this point. Who knows? But well, it's like I it's like it when you go to Trader Joe's and you go
2: and you look at the two buck chuck wine and it's sixteen dollars. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> or Taco That's Tuesday.
1: False Any day with a taco is Taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It stops being Friday, and it's now Taco Tuesday. Oh,
0: <laughs> Couldn't it have been Fajita Friday?
2: Could you imagine, like... You no, no, everything? because t- Fajita is different than tacos. Yeah, they're different foods. But, like, yeah. you, like, racists you're, you're, thinking you're all Mexican a taco foods on. look the same. I was just trying to think of food that started <laughs> with an F, and that was the first one. I was yeah,
1: trying like- to think of what quesadilla day.
3: You're eating a taco on Friday and your boss calls you and he's like, what the hell? It's your shift. They're like, no, dude, it's Tuesday. I have those off. I'm eating a <laughs> taco. It's cool. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> anyway. And he's like, that's okay because you
2: clearly work a job that, uh, that, that, has, that gives you Tuesdays off and therefore I, I, fi- I feel that you are a less important person.
3: Um, <laughs> oh, that's pretty <laughs>
2: Tuesdays aren't bad to have off.
3: It My My awesome, who is a Monday. I have Monday's office. How we could do this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there's anything you know, wrong
2: yeah, with yeah. it. I'm saying that your boss is a is an elitist asshole. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I got what you're saying.
0: it <laughs> <laughs> throwing down with corporate America.
2: That that yeah. Damn. Son. I have non-traditional days off as well. Yeah, I think mean, almost everybody does. Days. All us, Jordan. all us millennials. millennials.
0: Yep. I actually have weekends off.
2: Yeah, well, you're you're uh, you may be a millennial. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I suspect that Greg is a Gen -er. Xer. I think also uh, by some definitions, uh, Jordan would be a Gen Xer.
1: Yeah, because I mean, like, I know I'm like very close to the starting point, so it's like it's it's either Gen X or Gen Next or whatever the they tried to make it.
2: Generation Y. Or, That's what yeah. I always identified as a Generation Y myself, because like I think there's a difference between me and people who are 18 years old now.
0: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna find this out for you right now. I'm I'm gonna I'm Googling. I think, am I a Gen Xer?
2: I think Jordan.
3: <laughs> I think I said this. But, um, my joke probably just fell flat, but I'm gonna say it again anyways, in case you didn't hear. I think Jordan is just a Yu Gi Oh GXer, Yu Gi Oh Generation Xer. <laughs>
0: oh god no i am i am a generation y
2: okay by yeah yeah, by the the, unfortunately generation y doesn't exist anymore now it goes straight from gen x to millennials so
0: okay depending on millennial
2: it's a completely it's a completely arbitrary system that depending on which article you read is is the definition is different yep Pretty All much, know. Just, it just is seems that... like
1: they've been adding and adding to the millennial generation just so they can make sure that everyone they
2: hate is included in it. Right? I think. I think, Greg, <laughs> the fact that you have a job that gives you weekends off makes you not a millennial. I think. Exactly. <laughs> also, also, you live in Canada. I think you're less likely to be a millennial if you live in Canada. Yeah, about okay. having no jobs.
3: <laughs> We're just adding arbitrary rules now. It's cool to <laughs> yeah. think about it.
2: Hey. <laughs> We're not doing wait, anything wait, wait, that the sociologists I know, I know. aren't Greg,
3: also doing. <laughs> Greg, are, are are you buying diamonds? Because apparently millennials don't buy Oh, millennials buy aren't diamonds. buying diamonds, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're not buying cars. We're not buying houses. by being just bought napkins. Oh my napkins.
2: God. napkins. Millennials don't a buy millennial. napkins. I just bought I a house a, a couple of years ago. <laughs> I read Dude, a, thing. a
3: guy younger than me owns a house, and I'm just like, man, you I don't know what you did to do that, but good on you. <laughs>
1: I remember that article though, when someone was complaining, like it was like how it's like basically saying this was an important part of the economy in there, and basically people are counting like they're not buying houses because they're this you know exuding the tradition. They're not buying houses because they don't have money.
3: Right? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. I'd love to buy a house. <laughs> so Anyways, speaking of so speaking of uh, disagreeing <laughs> on the sociological <laughs> philosophies, this episode starts with. Uh, Optimus Primal looking at a plant and saying yes. that uh, Dinobot should come over here.
0: Yeah. yeah. We, we, we start off with the this, the episode opening on this lake with water. Is it two waterfalls? Yes, it's two yeah. waterfalls. It's very picturesque. And uh, we see Optimus, he comes upon a, uh, a plant. All, I almost thought at first that it was like some sort of a fly trap. But uh, as we'll come <laughs> to find out, not quite. Yeah, yeah. So he comes upon this plant, and it's almost under this rather large boulder, and he's trying to figure out a way to maybe try and get at the plant. And he, so he calls Dinobot over. I'll be honest; like, it kind of looks like Audrey too. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was the like like ball a part, sly,
2: trap type yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it it reminded me of a of a cartoon. Depicting a Venus, the way that a cartoon depicts a Venus flytrap, where it's like moving around. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It definitely has some uh, characteristics of uh, being alive, as we'll we'll come to realize here. <laughs> um, so Dinobot appears from behind a rock. Another and, rock. Uh, yeah, another rock. And I was just like, "You're, you're supposed to be rock. assisting." Yes. <laughs> He's like, you're, "You're supposed to be assisting me," and Dinobot's like well, pardon my lack of enthusiasm for a bunch of worthless weeds. And then he goes on about, he's like, you realize that we are targets out here, and then he has to emphasize targets. (laughs) And still, Optus stops to smell the roses, or whatever. (laughs) And Optus is quick to point out that he signed on to to this mission as an explorer, and just because they happen to bump into the protocons... It's not a reason to stop learning new things.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really in an entrenched war on a distant planet. They
0: can't take some time off to That's study.
3: no reason not to go exploring. Yeah. No reason.
0: And Altos and, and does bring up a very good point, too, because Dinobot's talking about how they shouldn't be dallying, they should be devising battle strategies, and Autos brings up the point that knowledge of the territory can be an advantage in battle.
2: Which and. I was thinking, I was thinking, because I I remember this episode, but I didn't remember this episode. I was thinking that the plant was gonna be like some sort of special poison or something that they were able to use to like really, you know, actually yeah. get a get ahead yeah. kind of thing. But yep. uh, but no, Chekhov's plant. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was Chekhov's plant because it does come back later in the episode. But I was thinking, like, I don't know. I was thinking like that you know somebody would get captured and then and then be able to uh take advantage of the fact that like when the plant spits the the seed at you that you're temporarily paralyzed or something like that mm-hmm. yeah yeah i totally
3: thought the same kind of but, thing was going to happen but no no we were, we're, Optimus- they were going they were going to do actual guerrilla
2: warf- warfare, warfare. <laughs> and not like
3: what happens <laughs> <laughs>
2: But no no Optimus just as we find out spoiler alert Optimus just learns that you should that if you're going to make something stick to somebody's back you should throw it to the part that they can't reach.
0: <laughs> Spoilers.
2: And fortunately yeah. fortunately, he learns it through the whole episode. You can just by, turn it off now. He learns yeah. it by by the same exact thing happening to the one other character who has a vaguely similar body type. Yeah. The other dinosaur, yeah, the other dinosaur, <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Him. Yeah, him. <laughs> we had some
0: of those little clamp things that we took posted the picture of on the Facebook group.
1: Because remember, technically pterodon, uh, pterodactyls are a sub are a different species than dinosaurs.
2: Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Pterodactyls aren't dinosaurs, but birds are dinosaurs. Well, they, <laughs> they are literally,
3: birds like, are l- dinosaurs. They're like descendants of
2: dinosaurs. But birds are, like, classified in genus phylum, whatever it's called, uh, they're classified as dinosaurs. Like, modern birds are classified as dinosaurs. That's what I learned in biology. When? Because, I'll be honest, taxonomy is
1: one of those things that they are constantly changing because, like, halfway through, they're like, oh, wait, genetic-wise, we found out that it's like this. I mean, for a while... Pandas were classified as bears, but then they found they were kind of more distinctly related to raccoons.
2: Yeah. Okay, so Wikipedia Uh, says the scientific consensus is that birds are a group of theropod dinosaurs that evolved during the Mesozoic era. A close.
1: I was going to say pterodonts and pterodactyls, like the flying, the membrane lizards that like pterodactyls and that, are a different species than dinosaurs. Like, they are not under the dinosaurs' uh, species name.
2: I'm just saying that's crazy. You just blew my mind. <laughs> because because birds, as we know them, are dinosaurs. And pterodactyls, yeah. like, we think of them as dinosaurs. As big, giant and, birds. And, uh, and also we think of them as birds. But yeah, yet but I mean, science is messing with this stuff. It's a, what is it?
1: Convergent evolution, I believe. You know, just because things had similar... Right. Uh, uh, sir- similar traits evolve, but they are still actually different uh, species. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like how uh, bats and flying squirrels can fly because they use membranes and stuff like that. But they're still a different, you know, they're different. different
2: from, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Species. Yay for we science! Just... You guys teach yeah. me more about science than <laughs> anything.
0: <laughs> Listeners, if we just blow your mind?
3: This has been your biology podcast.
2: Well, you know what's funny. You know what's funny. There's actually a a biology th- fact that I looked up because of this episode that we haven't gotten to. But uh, we'll just let it's it's soon. But it's just interesting that this came up, and then there's another thing that came that'll come up in a minute.
0: So, getting back to the episode, we we've got a. Uh, so after Optus sort of makes that point, Dinobot sort of resigns himself. He's like, "Very well. If if you need the plant, stand aside. I'll just blast it out." And so he's about to to shout out his command to transform, and Optus holds a mouth up to his to his <laughs> ball there and stops grabs him. A and he yeah grabs his snout and he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> and he's like, "Hold on, hold on." Optus uh, uses one of his uh, his feet and grabs onto a sort of, it was like a supporting rock on this big, bigger rock, manages to haul out. that out. Yeah. And so it once, once he moves that, the big boulder just falls over. I'm assuming it probably went into the lake or something. We never really know. We don't even yeah. hear splash. So he's like, you see, it is possible to look for nonviolent solutions first. And Dinobot sort of has this little moment of, well, perhaps. But I think you've lost your battle edge, Optimus. (laughs) You know? And he's like, in a fight against Megatron, there's nothing you can learn from this worthless weed. And so he turns around. He's starting to walk away. And apparently the plant takes offense to it.
2: Mm -hmm. He, like, sneers at him.
0: Yeah. Oh, wait. Doesn't he hiss at the plant, him. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Yeah. So he hisses at the plant. Like the plant didn't do anything to you, but so he turns around, he's starting to walk away. But it's and gonna. F- oh yeah, it's gonna. <laughs> it uh, it literally sort of wheels back to, to prep itself, and then it spit slash whips a little spiked ball out of its mouth, like a bird kind of thing. Yeah, and managed to manages to get it to hit DinoBot in the perfect spot on the back of his neck that he cannot reach with his little flimsy dino arms. Yeah, and he's he, freaking the fuck out about this. Yeah.
3: He raises a fist and he's like,
0: ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, also I may hot. have to get the audio for it just <laughs> to put in so that everybody can hear. <laughs>
3: get this thing off me I can't reach it get it off oh yeah I was impressed with the last episode how you said I'm going to put an audio thing in and then you actually did and I was like yes Greg good job
2: (laughs) so so I want to jump back to uh, pterodactyls not being dinosaurs for two seconds here (laughs) sure Um, yes so this Gizmodo article titled pterodactyls are not dinosaurs so what the hell are they um, says what the classification for pterodactyls is, and yeah. it is they are called pterosaurs. So pterosaur is a pterosaur. Yeah, um, yep. That's just. Absolutely I thought that was that was an, that was interesting. So I'm wondering when did that classification happen, and uh. what, did one cause the other, or was it as as you said convergent evolution? <laughs> The name evolved at the same time that the new classification (laughs) happened.
1: (laughs) And uh, what I was going to say is that I like how this is setting precedent in the Beast Wars universe that plants can do things. Which we Mm. return to very, very, very later on in Beast Machines. Oh, cool.
0: So yeah. uh, Anyway, we've gone gone off topic here a little bit with our dino talk. (laughs) Um, So... Getting back to, so Dinobot's freaking out, and Autos comes over. He's like, hold on, hold on. He manages to, to pluck it off Dinobot. He's like, managed to get you right in the one spot you couldn't reach. And so he, he it does, does it shake in his hand? I think yeah, it shakes it in his hand. Yeah, like it shakes in his hand. Yeah, it twitches a little bit and so he drops it down and as soon as it hits the ground it sort of splits in half and there's another smaller plant that pops up. So it's it was easy yeah,
3: sprouts. Yeah. This thing has a ridiculously fast life cycle. Yeah. it's like a, it's a seed and now it's a flower in like a couple seconds.
0: Yeah. So is like, "See? You thought it was a worthless weed. That's how it spreads its seeds. We've learned something." And DynaBots like, "Yes." From now on, I shoot my dinner salad before I eat it. <laughs> Which is my favorite line in this episode. Yeah. Yes, it was a good line.
3: <laughs> Dinobot, you don't eat salad. I don't even joke.
2: Yeah, and that's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like first of all, I'm pretty sure he's carnivore. But yeah, it's like yeah, a be. I can You can't assume that hey plants now, aren't going to attack would, you. It would
1: be part of it. You know, like at a at a at a very like formal setting or something like that. It would be included in the dinner. And oh it just God. be rude
0: not to eat it. I'm trying to think of Dinobot and a formal dinner now. How would that even work? Probably Imagine if to... the Dinobots had like some sort of a special dinner celebrating something, and he's just sitting there wondering what the hell they're doing.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm imagining him in a tuxedo now.
2: Yes. Uh, Raptors you know and tuxedos is the thing.
0: If, if they can have Goldar with a smoking jacket, I want Dinobot in a tuxedo, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> That'd be great. So, he anyway. look
3: very dapper. You want he dapper will, Dino?
0: <laughs> dapper Dino. Oh god, that's gonna have to go in the comments now. <laughs> <laughs> so, we after this all happens, uh, is like, hmm. Well, we'll have to find another specimen, and then. All of a sudden, we get Squirt Monaco pops up from this sort of rocky island in the middle of the lake. So apparently he was waiting there this entire time. You would have thought <laughs> that when Dinobot was freaking out with a thing, it would have been a bit more opportunistic for him to shoot at them. Yeah. But apparently he just really wanted to hit them with this thing that he has.
1: Well, he was being considerate. I mean, Dinobot was having a a, big tr- a lot of trouble with that seed, and he didn't want to interrupt
0: that. Yeah. I Maybe mean, he was actually, laughing he, about it. To himself. Yeah, I was just about to say <laughs> he was probably just rolling around on the ground laughing <laughs> at that, so he couldn't fire a missile <laughs> while he was doing that. So he starts shooting, or he gets ready to start shooting rockets to Dinobot and Optimus. They both transform, and they start firing back, and we get a, uh, a missile that actually. Uh, blows up and manages to hit a big rock that rolls down and pins Dinobot behind the cover that he's in. So he's sort of like holding this rock to stop from crushing him. But he's so he's literally between a rock and a hard place.
3: Oh my god! <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> <laughs> Was that, that Jordan posted that. No, oh. Kendall, nice,
2: <laughs> nice job, Kendall. I, I did find a, although I guess that's not really a tuxedo. That's more of a. Of yeah, a, he. A he,
3: he posted. Um, yeah, he posted like a a Velociraptor like on a human body. What he's wearing, like, a suit.
0: Oh, God, it's
3: pretty amusing.
0: Yeah, there we go. And this, he's smoking this a also, pipe. Yes.
2: This also showed up in the uh, Google image search that caused me to chuckle a little bit. Mm. Okay. Oh, that is one dapper dino. Oh, that yeah, that is a dapperest of dinos. <laughs> the
0: Dapper's. monocle and the cane,
1: and the title is Tyrannosaurus Tux.
2: Yes, I do believe, sir. So that's a Tyrannosaurus. So I had I got a, a Velociraptor head on a human body and a T Rex <laughs> with a tuxedo. Yeah, all the rest of these, they just have it's a Velociraptor, but it's just got a top hat and a and like a tie, they don't, they don't actually hit, yeah. yeah, and like a monocle. There's a bunch of them riding a I bicycle.
3: found one called Chaptor. That's a, uh, a Velociraptor in a, in a top hat monocle uh, pipe, and he's also wearing like a suit thing.
1: I was gonna say, even in the D&D campaign, when I, because I'm a summoner character, and I just have a giant space raptor for some reason, that mm-hmm. don't ask, uh, but uh, we had a point where we were going to a fancy dinner party and they're like they're you know like they want you to wear specific clothes like they put it out for you and everything I'm like did they put specific clothes out for my raptor and they're like no <laughs> then I'm going to put a top hat and tuck and monocle on them and spats I added
2: spats <laughs> spats yes I spats. thought I thought you brought that up in the previous episode maybe that's maybe, maybe that's I why did. I was thinking of the of the velociraptors or, or maybe and it might have been yeah. when we were during a break yeah, but. I don't
3: remember that, so maybe last episode during like, yeah. a break or something, you talked about it.
0: We yes. were basically
1: like, so you're just going to Scrooge McDuck it. I'm like,
0: yep. <laughs> and we did, did talk we about did Scrooge, McDuck Scrooge McDuck yeah. last yeah. episode.
3: Yeah, facing <laughs> yeah. circle. Yeah.
1: It, all
0: can't, it all comes full circle. Anyways, getting back to uh, the episode here, um, they've got a bit of Firefighter on their hands, and Optimus uh, sees Dinobot get pinned and tries to move from his cover to help out Dinobot. And that's when Scorponok, uh, says, I have a special cyber bee just for you. Optimus primal enjoy. And so he, he's been firing his missiles out of one. I want to say a clacker, uh, his claws. And he opens up the other one and there's this rather large looking robotic bee that shoots out of his other one and flies right at Optimus and nails him right in the chest.
2: Okay. So, so the other, uh, the other, uh, uh, Biology trivia piece actually came from this scene. Uh, when uh, when Scorpionok appears, he says, "What about an arachnid?" And I was like, "Oh Is yeah. a scorpion right. an arachnid." And I looked yes. up, and in fact, yes, scorpions are arachnids. Mm-hmm. So, yep.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And I just noticed in a in a shot where um he hits he hits Optimus with the with the Cyber at the speed Optimus was going, if he just kept running, he would not have been hit. so Scorpion mm-hmm. did not lead his shot very well. The only reason he hit him was because Optimus stopped to look at what he was firing at him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't obviously like a uh, his usual missile, so he was confused.
3: Uh, okay, sh- if someone's shooting something at you, avoid it, no matter what I- it is.
2: <laughs> I, will say, I will say, though, it may be a moot point because the, uh, the bee, since it's a bee, assumedly was at least partially autonomous. It probably would have been able to chase him.
3: I, I yeah. guess, but it went in a straight line. Like it wasn't like I don't know. Like it doesn't have any indication of
2: that. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is the first time we've seen the, that that B thing, right? Because yes. it was it was in the Scorpion toy, so I assumed that it was something that reappeared. Oh, cool, huh? I didn't know that.
0: I'm not sure if we actually see it again in the series. I don't think we do.
2: I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely on the Scorpion Octoy because I definitely like reenacted the have the bee get stuck to Optimus thing. Okay, I, rem- I remember. Yeah. But yeah, so A for it, Toyocracy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so what
0: this
2: it manages all about.
0: To... <laughs> so it, it manages to attach to Optimus's chest and it throws him back a little bit, and he's experiencing what we can assume is like some discomfort because he's got a giant bee on his chest. Um, he, Cyber bee? Yeah. He he manages to uh, to get a shot off on Scorponok, which sort of launches him onto a log, which then goes over the waterfall. And we get this nice little scream from Scorponok. like, oh! Yeah.
1: Oh, and... if only it sounded like Goofy.
0: <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, this
1: is off topic so you might want to uh, cut this out later but someone did a Disney uh, goofy mashup with The Force Awakens and so it's that scene where goofy is Han Solo and his son Max like from Goof Troop in the movies oh yeah I is, saw that is Kylo Ren yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: That's actually, and, and someone voice acted in it and actually put in the
0: I actually saw one, was it yesterday? There was one either yesterday or last night that I saw, and it was Dragon Ball Z theme. Dragon Ball Z themed from when uh, Gohan is fighting Cell. And so you got Goofy sort of as a ghost in behind him and Max shooting a Kamehameha.
3: Oh my god, I thought I sent yeah. Kamehameha.
0: Yeah. I thought that was a bit different, so. But yes. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Uh... So Optimus has gotten sort of dispatched Scorpionok, and Dinobot has managed to push this giant boulder off of himself. And we see him look at Optimus, and the the Cyber Bee has sort of plunked its talons into to Optimus, and Optimus starts freaking out. Um, from there, we cut to the Axalon, and we've got all of the uh, the Maximals talking about what happened. Namely, Cheetor is is sort of chastising Dinobot a bit for not really helping out. He's like, you were supposed to be his backup. And he's like, we were ambushed.
1: And he was and, pinned under a
0: rock. Yeah, a really big him? rock. He should have been like, you didn't see the size of the rock that was pinning me to the <laughs> other rock. <laughs> it was really big.
3: Knew <laughs> to be there. <laughs>
2: I do feel like this show's definition of ambush is different than what I would consider an ambush. <laughs> mm-hmm. Attacked by one bad guy doesn't really scream ambush to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he kind of shouted before he attacked,
1: <laughs> yeah. too. So it wasn't exactly a surprise like attack.
3: He had a surprise round.
2: Sh- yeah. yeah. And talking is a free action, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But so, like, and the same thing happened. They were in a previous episode when like there was it was like, uh, uh, Waspinator and Pterosaur were like hanging out outside of the base, uh, and they were like, "Oh, it's an ambush!" And it's like, "Well, oh I yeah, that's right." I yeah. usually think of the an ambush as somebody with with like a real, uh, well, I, I associate it with a larger, with greater numbers. Like you're like you get get to where you're surrounded. Or something, as opposed to just one person attacking. But maybe words mean different things to
0: Transformers. I think probably what would have been more apt would have been like surprise or sneak attack. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a better way of describing it. Or
2: he got the drop on us, us. or something. Yeah, got the drop on us. Although I guess, I guess he got the drop on us. That means that he did something better. Like when he's, I guess maybe that's the point. Is that is that uh, Dinobot was saying that. he ambushed we were ambushed there was nothing we could have done you know like kind of playing up that it was that he didn't make a mistake even though he you know maybe he did responsible mm-hmm. at dinobot
3: everyone's responsibility for his act see
2: when i saw mm-hmm. this when i first watched this scene i was like oh no did dinobot leave optimus there for dead <laughs> <It> was <laughs> dinobot convinced that optimus he is dead? he wanted
0: that funeral so bad <laughs>
3: That was one of the things on that drinking game I told you about before. The thing was like, take a drink every time someone is presumed dead and not and Dinobot would be a cause of a lot of drinks in that game.
0: <laughs> so in this scene, uh, we get uh, this little exchange between Cheetor and Dinobot, um, and Rat sort of interrupts and is like, "As much as I'd love to see the both of you scrap yourselves and eh, save it for my birthday." <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty she good. Like right to. now, we got bigger concerns.
1: I love how in the TF Wiki like that quote. It also mentions that Rat Trap has strange ideas for gifts. <laughs>
3: hey guys, you guys just like fight
2: over to, to the death for my amusement. I mean, it would really make my birthday. Well, the thing here's the thing though. Uh, if they did shoot each other to scrap, they'd just have to get repaired. Yeah, like they've kind of established that it's. You get you the it getting right. exploded doesn't necessarily mean you're dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not necessarily a permanent thing, as we've learned.
3: As long as your spark doesn't go out.
0: Yeah. So Rhinox uh is working away at one of the consoles and rattrap asks him what's going on and he's like, Looks like a viral mine and quote to quote it, he said it's fuse, fused with his net core he can't transform while the thing's attached. And Cheetor's like, then let's get it off. He took enough energy on damage just getting back here. And Rhinox is like, it can't be done. Apparently the, the mine has somehow rerouted all of his life support functions to itself. And if they yank it off, he has less than a minute to live. So everybody's sort of dejected at that point. Like, oh man. And then he's like... I'm gonna and... bring that up later
2: at the at the end
3: there. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Yeah. You he's know,
2: like... I was thinking, why, uh, why wouldn't a, a Megatron have just uh, – if, he, if he's got the ability to shoot, uh, to shoot one of the Maximals and connect it to its life support, and if it gets removed, then he dies, why not uh, add an extra step and have it remove itself and kill, and, and kill Optimus? Yeah, good point. I i'm, say mean, I'm not saying smart. it's i'm not saying it's that big of a plot hole i'm just you know just just a thought
1: but then but then they can't do the convoluted thing where they hold the hold the antivirus ransom again for him
2: right the the or, yeah. or even just like <laughs> siph
3: sap all the life force shit out and then explode afterwards like right
2: right yeah do do all <laughs> of the bad things <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: they Don't just give they, them
2: a way out cuz i feel like i feel like normally this this like storyline cuz this is the type of storyline that you would see in in star trek or something like that where somebody gets you know like a like a bee or something like a micro uh, like an organism for the from the planet that they're uh, or like a or like a an experimental weapon or something like that malfunctioning um normally there wouldn't be conscious malicious, malicious intent behind it Mm -hmm. Um, so, so then, so then it would make sense that like, you know, it's a parasite, so it's, it's slowly sapping your energy or it's, you know, and if you, and it's evolved so that if you rip it off, then it kills you or whatever. But like, if this is something that specifically was designed to hurt as a weapon of war, why not just, why not just kill the, I mean, I guess, I guess maybe because he wanted to get, because he wanted to get Optimus to swear allegiance to the Predacons, or he just really likes his death games. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's an established thing too. It just. It just sort of like. You kind of look at. I mean, you know, suspension of disbelief and stuff. But I just, you know, I got to point out the little plot holes when I see them. Oh yeah.
3: And this isn't really related to the episode, but this is the second thing I've watched today that involves cybernetic bees, like <laughs> killing people. So that's interesting. What was I watched the first? an episode. I watched an episode of Arrow today from Season 4 oh, that's wow. about Cyber okay. Oh, with the, with, yeah. um,
2: with the lady from uh, from Walking Dead. Sure, I don't watch Walking Dead, so I, I wouldn't the, know. The, um, I, now I'm drawing a blank on her name. The character that I was mad when they killed in Walking Dead, but I can't remember her name now. No spoilers, I guess.
3: <laughs> I mean, like... It's spoilers it if you allow. know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, I've seen Arrow that episode. <laughs> You've I know seen that episode about. of I Arrow. Walking Dead for me. How dare
2: you? <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that episode of Arrow that conveniently aired the season after this person was no longer a cast member on Walking Dead. <laughs> but you're. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's well, a very a specific subgroup of people well. who I've just spoiled the uh, the the this uh, the, that a character on Walking Dead dies. Oh, man, and it's going to bug me what her name is, too. I'm just going to look it up. I won't say it on the thing. <laughs>
0: no. Anyway, so getting back to the episode, um, Rhinox, we sort of get his little uh, Moby scenario, so I'm probably going to sound like Eeyore Rhinox when I say it. He's like, gets worse. He's like, right after that, the mine explodes, taking out everyone within a sprinting distance. Which, I mean... That is pretty we'll worse.
3: isn't true, <laughs> yeah. but we'll see, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Dinobot sort of pipes up. He's like, a Viro mine, you say. He says, I know Scorpinox creations. This one is intended to turn our leader into a coward and one who will lead us to defeat. So Scorpinox has
3: done this before?
0: That's what it's sort of alluded to as. I
3: mean, this, I didn't really get that. Yeah. Right? I know exactly what this does or yeah. is supposed to do.
2: I think I think it's it's not necessarily that um, that Scorponok has done it before. I got the sense that like this is one of Scorponok's pet projects that uh, that that you know he probably goes on and on. You know when they were in the in trans on the way over to the planet, Scorponok's like, "Hey Dinobot, check out this uh, new project I'm working on. It's a cybernetic bee that turns you turn into, people into cowards people into a coward <laughs> somehow." <laughs> I was going to also suggest maybe
1: that it is it is something that he has tried before, and it has yet to work.
2: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, definitely. Oh my god, could you imagine if he was bringing it
0: up to Dinobot and he says, Megatron will be so pleased with me! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so just as um, it sort of alluded to that he's trying to turn Optimus into a coward... Uh, we turn to the CR chamber and there's explosions going off inside it. And everybody's wondering, oh my god, what the hell's going on? And suddenly holes are getting shot out of it and the the front door is like getting slammed and finally it pops off and Optimus walks out and he's like alright, who wants some? <laughs> yeah, he looks really scared. Yeah. yeah. He, he looks pretty uh, pissed off. He's like, Nobody takes it off. Understand? You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> then he says, I'll blow your slacking heads off.
2: <laughs> I think he points it at that and above that point. Right? So, so when that happened, I was thinking, so he's in the machine that repairs the robots. Mm-hmm. What Do they have a machine that repairs the machine? Can they put that in the healing yeah, they do. It's
3: thing? called Rhinox. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I was thing. just about
3: to say. <laughs> just get Rhinox to fix
0: it. <laughs> you have to wonder if he, like, how frustrated he gets having to fix up the ship all the time with stuff like this.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, last episode and this one, the ship gets pretty damaged from the inside. Yeah. I, wa- yeah. I want to point out the TF Wiki also kind of agrees with us
1: about Scorpionok, where it's because <laughs> it says like Scorpionok can apparently design viruses which seems slightly at odds with his personality so far. It really seems like it would be more Tarantulas' thing. That said, the virus does do, does do the exact opposite of what it's supposed to do. <laughs> and that level of comp- competency does seem more in line with what we know about Scorpionock.
3: Yeah, I think like, that happens where like, Rhinox is like, you said it would make him a coward, and Dinovod's like, well, Scorpionock's really incompetent, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because we get a scene where Rhinox is, like, trying to to sort of subdue Optimus. He's trying to hold his arms to keep his gun down. He's like, I thought this was supposed to make him a coward. And Dinobot's pretty much like, well, Skroponok is notoriously incompetent.
3: <laughs>
0: notoriously, I love that. <laughs> and so what winds up happening is he approaches Optimus and he says, I'd say instead that we have a berserker and so Cheeto, of course is then ever the optimist optimist with when it comes to Optimus. <laughs> and says "Optimus can beat it come on big buy big bot fight against it you can do it and uh optimist you can tell he's pretty out of it he's like it's too much I, I i can't fight it and then he's like disarm my weapons lock me up and so we get the, the scene is sort of Despite all Got his age, he's still just an ape in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh my, so many puns. Anyway, we we wind up cutting to the dark side, and we have Scorponok, who is working in a lab. Uh, surprisingly enough, Scorponok has a lab, and we get uh, Op or Megatron, rather. It sort of sneaks up behind him and you see his, his T-Rex head sort of like poke in front of Scorpionon. I'm it's just sort of imagining his a lab bit. being like the Fisher-Price first 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 <laughs> <in his> lab.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cyber Tony's you can do a science lab. Comes with real microscope.
0: And Cyber so...
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, uh, Predacon first cyberbe okay. I just had one of those brain fart moments. It's Monday. No worries. <laughs> so, with with this scene, we get Megatron who is asking uh, Scorponok if the antivirus has been created. and He's like, "Yes, Megatron. It's it's excellent." He's like, and I only made just the one, just like you said, right behind you. So, and he's like, by now Optimus Primal has most assuredly exchanged his courage for a nice cowardly yellow stripe. Yes, and he alludes to how they'll not want he'll not want to stay that way. So when he leads his misguided. Companions on a feudal raid for the antivirus, it'll be their final battle in the dun 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 Beast Wars. Title <laughs> Drop.
2: Yeah, got a drink.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I finished my beer already, so I can't do that.
0: So we get that little moment there, and uh, we then cut back to the Axelon and we see Optimus, he's trying to ram himself into like this sort of energy cell that he's in and uh, he keeps throwing himself back and forth in it, and we get Cheetor coming to this sort of window with a little speaker in it, and uh, Optimus initially sort of snaps. He's like, what do you want? And then he manages to to calm himself a little bit. He's like, I'm sorry, it's hard to control. And so it's almost like, you know, he's
1: Have having trouble controlling the volume of his voice. <laughs>
0: And uh, we get Cheetor asking if there's any of the old Optimus left, and he's like, yes, some. And Cheetor's like, don't let it go, big bot. Don't let this thing tweak you out of control. And so Optimus is like, I don't know if I can beat it, but he's like, maybe I can adapt to it, hold the suppression down, even use it to our advantage. And Cheetor's like, really? I knew it. I knew you couldn't be dropped by a techno flu. and so uh, we then cut to the main room of the Axelon we've got Rhinox, Rattrap and Dinobot and Rhinox is like what do you mean use it to our advantage and Dinobot's like Optimus is a war machine I say we point him in the right direction give him a full armament and then unleash him upon the Predacons if we want the antivirus that is the only way to get it and of course Rattrap is like Normally, I would love to see the Preds get their little scheme tossed right back at them, but we're forgetting one thing. And Dinobot's like, oh, and what would that be? And he's like, Ottos would get blown to scrap, so that's a big problem. Which, yeah. And <laughs> no, Dinobot's like, yeah, he's yeah. like, well, that depends on your viewpoint. <laughs> rash was like, hey, oh, shut snap. up. Oh, <laughs> snap. He would finally get that funeral. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. He doesn't want Optimus specifically to die. He just wants somebody to the fucking die already. <laughs>
0: he wants his funeral already, damn it. So we get a, uh, a little scene, or we we hear Optimus saying, actually, that's not a bad idea. And Rhinox freaks out. He's like, Cheetor, what have you done? And of course, Cheater's like trying to calm everybody. down. It's like, it's going to be okay. Optimus has got it under his thumb. And Optimus is like, I think I can do it by channeling this new fighting instinct we can storm their base and they sort of apprehensively is like and with your help <laughs> obtain the antivirus and cheater's like yeah it's a piece of basic programming we blast our way into scorpinoff's lab get the antivirus and that's it and all we want is to get big bot here back to normal and Ratrop's like yeah and uh, what if he goes ape's lag on us Dino was like, hmm, fine by me. (laughs) And Ops is like, hey, they made me what I am today. I figure it's time to say thank you now. And he starts, so much for impulse control, because he just goes nuts again.
2: He he shoots the (laughs) thing and sets off the alarm and just starts trashing the place.
0: Yeah, he's like, stupid slagging circuit system. Shut up. He starts shooting everything. Like all the consoles. He's trying to I think he was trying to hit the the lights for the alarm.
3: And Rhinox is just like, Well, that's my weekend gone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? You should have they should have learned from last episode to have a voice control to turn off the security system.
0: (laughs) That's true. Given what we had happen last time. Yeah,
3: Yeah, I was listening to the last episode when you mentioned that and I was thinking like he didn't finish it yet. I'm sure he was gonna implement all that stuff. Like you mentioned, like, oh we should have put on another panel, and I'm like, Well, he was I mean like when you're making something, you kinda leave it on one
2: computer and then when you're done you move it to the other one.
0: Yeah.
2: No no you you back it up in multiple places.
0: <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do, but it's in the
2: cloud. On, how many people do that? I, I don't usually think the have half have finished the cloud. I usually have half finished files on a on a half do in a half dozen places. <laughs> but that's, that's not necessarily just to back things up. That's just because that's what I, where I need them to be. So, oh, yeah, so we're
3: this saying one, that talk to too much about last episode. I just wanted to do that little thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That wasn't there. Damn it. I
0: think, I think we're saying that all of that could have been avoided had they had the cloud. So it's true. Yeah. So we, uh, we get rhinox who basically tackles optimus to to try and and keep him down he's like watch that laser and so cheetor and rattrap also jump on him he manages to throw all of them off <laughs> and we get one of the the funniest scenes that i that i'm probably going to set up as the the screen cap for this episode <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he, he manages to get up he's like it's like donobot says we've got to hit the Preds the only way they understand. Hard, fast, right where it hurts. And so we get this scene of Dinobot, and he's just sort of like, eh.
2: It's like, just it's not of, what I look oh, like all the time. Like,
3: eh. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, you know, that kind of like, like, oh, I don't know what he's talking about. You know, just <laughs> that, like, hands up in the air thing.
0: Yeah. So, he, he's got his hands up in the air, and then, uh, Optus is like, if your caution circuits are overriding your curse, then smelt you all. I don't need you. I'll handle this myself. And, so, and he puts the face mask on. Yeah, He he, he gets his little uh, face mask that hides his mouth. He's got a sword in one hand. He's got his wrist blaster in the other. He's pumped his missiles off of his back. And he, yeah, on his shoulders. Go, yeah. He starts taking the little lift down to exit the ship. And we get... Cheetor doing his like Optimus Big Butt no, and then that's where we cut to commercial. And actually, what we'll do uh, since it's a pretty good spot, how about we take a quick break and we'll get back to it after that?
3: E okay
0: okay. okay. We left off. We uh, had Optimus sort of throwing a hissy fit, leaving the ship, being like, "You're not my real dad," and going <laughs> off towards the, what we can assume is the uh, the uh, dark side. So we we pick up now, and what's I think happened
3: is another thing. Before,
0: uh... oh, I, I thought you said we're at the dark side. Sorry, my bad. No, no, not quite yet. There, there is a little expositionary scene. Well, not even exhibition. Ex- Positionary, but uh, a little interim scene where we we've cut to Cheetor's room, and yeah. apparently Cheetor has like five gut guns.
2: Yes, yeah, and he's, and he's also weird... got we, he's we... also got grenades like strapped to his chest, yeah, and
3: like another gun that he never uses. That's like a gray gun, <laughs> and like, and we were just talking about how like yeah you know, they're like in the in the in the mountain episode, which I'm just gonna keep calling it that because all, like. Of when I saw that episode is um we 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 established that the guns are part of their body, and that's why yeah. like terror guns got all big and stuff when he was powered up, and now this like shits in the face of that where it's like no he's got like <laughs> five stomachs don't worry about it well they're part of the <laughs> they're part of the Predacons bodies not the Maximals
2: but they are like part of Cheetor's body because when he
3: transforms his gun becomes his like guts like they, maybe they,
2: maybe he replicated. A bunch of guns. Like he, like he, uh, he, he transformed into his robot form. He set the gun down outside, and then he went into the like repair chamber, and it repaired him another gun. And then, my God, and, and, and <laughs> process several times.
0: Yeah, I so it sort of like copied the gun a bunch of times.
2: Yes, yes, just in case, or them. or maybe maybe you know, if you think back to the first episode when Rhinox has a Cheetor gun for no reason. Maybe the cheat. Maybe Cheetor just happens. The gun coming out of his his uh, stomach just happens to be the standard issue Maximal gun. Well, no, it doesn't happen for no reason. Cheetor drops and he picks it up. Uh, is that what happened? I, yeah. I thought. In the first episode. Well, the Cheetor reason that it happens it and- is that they hadn't done. they hadn't uh, uh, developed yeah, they- the model for the thing. Yeah, I Well, remember,
0: because thought- we have che- Cheetor in that first episode, he's running up the hill and then there's the explosion that sends him flying back and his gun goes flying Yep, off screen. And as it turns out, it must have landed right beside Rhinox because he sort of reaches down and picks it up.
2: Right, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, so- the, that's the assumption. I'm just saying maybe maybe Rhinox didn't. Maybe that was just the one that he had that he had on him. Yeah, everyone just has Cheetah's stomach guns. What was I thinking? Of course, that must be (laughs) the (laughs) explanation.
0: But yeah, so we we get a a scene here of uh, Dinobot coming in on Cheetor, who's sort of getting ready, like armed for bear. Uh, He's got grenades strapped to his chest. He's checking out a gun. He's got like five of them all sort of lined up in front of him. And uh, Dinobot's sort of like This isn't the way to do it. And Cheetor is sort of like, well, this is sort of what you wanted from the beginning is to just sort of storm the base. He's like, but we need a plan. We can't just go rushing in. It's a doomed mission. There's no strategy, just blind aggression. And Cheetor is like, well, maybe that's what we've been needing, a little less brain and a little more guts, which is kind of funny considering the guns (laughs) holding.
3: It'd be funny if he's like, get it? Like these guns that I have.
0: Guns, guns, gut guns. Get it? That's why I've got fun. Get it, Dinobot!
2: So this is kind of a running theme in this episode, this idea that that either they should, that whether or not they should just run in and just fight the Predacons. Like, just go in and attack them. Because cause they've never really just straight up said, okay, let's go attack the Predacons. Let's do, go on a, do a, fr- a frontal assault, you know? And... I th- I kind of feel like the the results of this episode show maybe that is what they should have done. Yeah, I mean mm. at least Optimus is pretty good at doing it. Yeah, I mean yeah. I mean send, send I mean Optimus is a I mean they'll, we'll establish in just some, in a few mo- minutes, like I mean Optimus is a war machine. He just he generally doesn't go all out because he's a good guy. But now he's sort of you know he's he's got that mindset of just super aggressive you know fight 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 you know all that yeah. and uh and it seems to work out pretty well for them maybe they should yeah, you know for the most ta- part. take that into consideration yeah
0: and funnily enough though it, it's dinobot who says uh that they need to try and think of what optimus the old optimus would do and cheater's like oh yeah and what would that be and he sort of He's resigned to saying it. It's almost disgusted. He's like, negotiate.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and More so, talking. Yeah. So now we 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 cut to the dark side and Pterosaur is at a console and reports to Megatron that there's a, a maximal tight beam transmission coming in. Said so it's a little garbled by the energon fields, but Megatron's like, okay, bring it up. And we Still get Cheetor. Yes. And so Cheetor is the one who's talking. He's like, Predacon base, come in. And Megatron's wow. like, ah, oh, Pussycat. Yes. He's, yeah, like I say, he's, he's wanna...
1: excited to talk to him again. I want to point yeah. something out. The TF wiki makes note of this, that uh, Megatron never calls Cheetor by his name. He always calls him Pussycat. Yeah,
3: His pet name for him.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 he said, oh, I'm pretty sure oh. Cheetor and, and Megatron have like a bit of a of a daddy relationship there. <laughs>
2: well, I think I think Megatron Me- Megatron to Megatron Cheetor is the biggest joke of all of the of all of the Maximals because Cheetor's the guy that can shoot Megatron at point blank range and Megatron shrugs. Like I said, I I I I'm going to take it
3: as Megatron thinks Cheetor's cute and likes him. <laughs> oh, he did surprise him with that sneak attack and that impressed him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he was in his base and like He's tearing shit up. Like he's like, man, this kid's got Moxie. Like a... him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they don't use that word enough anymore, Moxie.
3: You got Moxie, kid. I like it. You're gonna go places.
0: <laughs> 23 Skidoo. <laughs> so Cheetor um basically lets on that they that the Predacons plan didn't work. Uh Optimus in rather than being a coward is He's, as they put it, he's flaming towards you on the Red Eye Express, and he's loaded for mainframe combat. And he tries to get them to sort of give up the antivirus, to which Megatron is like, any renegade maximal who blunders into our base will not survive. And then he just sort of cuts off the conversation. Immediately, he's like, incompetent bug. And
3: (laughs) he kicks Skophanog.
2: Of his T-Rex leg.
3: How is he standing up
2: <laughs> I gotta say, what what possessed Cheetor and Dinobot to think that that would work ever in a million years? Yeah. Like,
3: yeah, I don't know. I, I thought Dinobot was going to turn around and be like, and be like, yeah, I just wanted a distraction for like us going in. I wanted them to be focused on. I thought that was going to happen, but no, mm-hmm. he's just like, oh well, that didn't work. I guess I
2: like, gotta in. I mean, Cheetor says, okay, so yeah, all that all that happened is now they know he's coming. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's what winds up happening. Cheetor uh, winds up transforming back into his Cheetah form, and he's like, well, that didn't work, and now they know that he's coming.
3: And to be fair, <laughs> Cheetor was a really bad negotiator. He just, like, insults him as soon as he opens up. And, like, yeah. and, gives, and, and gives everything he has on the table immediately, and then, like,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, That's I guess that's the other thing. Like, what were they gonna... I mean, I guess, I guess Optimus is coming to attack him, and he says, well, he's gonna attack you. You can either... Give him the thing, or you can, or you can be attacked. But I mean, didn't didn't really seem like a very quid pro quo sort of. Uh, well, I mean, situation. at least they don't think it is. But uh, but
3: Optimus does wreck
2: their shit. So I mean, like maybe it would have been good for them if they had done that. <laughs> I yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah. That that's probably that's probably true. It just it just like what in in all the in all of Dinobots years and years of being a Predacon made him think that 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 was going to work
3: I think it's trying and, to tie into the theme of him like appreciating Optimus more like uh, trying to understand Optimus more right. and like I think it's trying to it's tying into that theme because he says here he's like I guess Optimus is the only
2: one who can do Optimus like yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like I guess uh, <laughs> maybe he wouldn't maybe that wasn't I guess that's maybe that's the point yeah you're right that that isn't what Optimus would have done Optimus would have done mm-hmm. something else he would have known when to attack and he would have known when not to and they were just assuming that because usually they're the ones that are all gung ho to rush in that that must be wrong. Because yeah, it contradicts them. Yeah, I, I guess that I guess that makes sense. Yeah.
0: So we get Dinobot. He's sort of is like, well, at, like John was saying earlier. Apparently, Optimus is the only one who can think like Optimus, and for the rest of us, we must now think on our own. So. From there, we cut back to the dark side, and we outside the ship. We see Optimus flying in, pretty much full full speed. Uh, uh, he searched.
3: I noticed something about right the scene that, that I really love is that uh, he's flying at the dark side, and now he doesn't have the faceplate on. Yeah, and then he puts it back on, but he put the faceplate on before he left. So on the way there, was he was, was he like, oh, maybe it'd be more of t- intimidating if I didn't have it on. Uh, no 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 i'll put
0: it on i'll put it on yeah yeah. (laughs) he flies in and uh starts starts shooting some missiles at the dark side's hull uh and manages to breach it and we cut to black arachnia who's watching i don't know if she was like watching for signs of intruders or she was because she's in scorpinox lab
2: yeah hopefully she was doing some hopefully somebody was doing something because yeah. the sense that I get from this attack is that they just completely ignored Cheetor's warning. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, because uh, like, Optimus just breaks right into the dark side immediately with, like, no defenses interrupting him at all. Like, it's just, like, lamb
2: bam he's Yeah, like, no, no gun that detects a Maximals energy signature or no uh, giant rocket cannon thing. Well, this might be
1: why... Uh, might be part of why they have the antivirus in that he wanted him to you know come to the base so Mm -hmm. he could try and get him to join or pledge allegiance to him
3: but he says like stop optimus to like tarantulas and waspidate yeah but he doesn't say to destroy him
2: yeah i mean it could be the i yeah it could be the uh the the villain big picture plan that you know that that you're going to you're going to order your underlings to attack the hero but you know that they're not going to beat him so yeah i guess i can i can kind of see that and actually actually the whole um a lot of the the like sort of cringe that doesn't really make sense aspects of the plan make a little bit more sense when you find out that megatron's actually trying to turn to turn optimus to get optimus to be his buddy sort of
0: yeah sort of swear fealty to yeah. the predacons yeah, yeah. Again, is not really good is a really good plan because like Optimus could just be like,
3: yeah, sure, it's the antivirus,
2: no and- psych. Well, well, but but Optimus <laughs> is honorable. That's true. Yeah. Too. Like, I think that's that's the that's the thing because like because most of the time Megatron's dumb, but that does kind of make sense that y- especially if the plan was originally written assuming that Optimus was going to be a coward,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and then he you know did it, that's and. True. Although, you should have then also had the antivirus still make him be a coward.
0: <laughs> Maybe just let a slightly less of a coward.
2: Right. Well, yeah. Uh, not know, not have. Know, or know. just right. you know T- to die.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not die.
3: <laughs> Optimus is true to his word, but he's not against subterfuge, as we saw in yeah. the, the double jeopardy episode. But I don't, I don't know. know.
0: But, what yeah. Continuing that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Continuing on. So we we've got. Uh, Black Arachne reports that there were some hit, three direct hits, and that the outer hull had been breached. Uh, we get uh, Megatron uh, ordering Tarantulas to destroy. Oh, wait, yes, he does actually tell him to destroy the intruder. Oh, yeah, mm. and we do. Um, so we get the this pretty cool scene where Optimus is like stalking down this hallway, and Tarantulas sort of flips down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And they have he's a,
1: already creeping.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and we get a bit of a, a face-off between the two, and Tarantulas shoots off uh, one of his his guns, and it's almost like a um, just uh, grappling it, hook one. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like the hook one. The, hook, the large hook thing from his gun. Yeah. And Optos manages to catch it seemingly without any difficulty.
3: Which, by the way, Black Arachnia shot lasers out last episode.
2: I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. I think she does this one, gun. too. She has lasers in this one, too. <sighs> yeah. Weird.
0: yeah. So Optimus starts sort of approaching Tarantulas really creepily. And hey, we he gives him tw- a finger wag. Oh, yes, that's right. He does the little, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> starts it. approaching him. Yeah. And so Tarantulas like, shoots off his machine gun legs and scores quite a few hits on Optimus. Just and chips he- the
3: paint, though. Like, yeah.
0: He just sort of shrugs it all off, and uh, he manages to to grab Tarantulus, hoists him up, and then he literally impales him with the spike end of his own weapon.
2: And that, and that close-up of the spiked end of the weapon, like, it really looks like a sword, and it totally yeah. looks yeah. like he's stabbing him with a sword. Yeah, yeah pretty, it's, it's pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah. 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 You don't actually see the stab
3: happen you see tarantulas face as he stabs him but it's like yeah it's it's
2: implied and it's good yeah yeah i mean this <laughs> is this is y7fv <laughs> <laughs> they could not I mean, like, they, this that, was not a this was not rated y it can often be more brutal to not show it like i mean that was a that was
3: a trick in a texas chainsaw movie where like everyone remembers someone getting chainsawed in the original movie and it doesn't or a hook being pushed through them or something like that. And it's not actually on screen. But everyone remembers, who watched it, remembered it happening on screen. Mm-hmm. Just because of how, like, how well it was, like, implied from not showing it. That it was almost more brutal yeah.
2: because of that. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's psycho, too. Is that, you know, you don't literally, you don't literally see the, the, the knife going into the naked lady. But, like, what you have, what's in your mind is worse than anything <laughs> they could ever show on screen. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. So I love that technique, and it's not used as much nowadays.
0: <coughs> no, yeah, because so, now
2: they just show it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So from here, uh, we get a report from Black Arachne who says he's inside, and the other Maximals are coming. So Megatron orders uh, Terrasaur and Black Arachnia to defend the perimeter, and then he radios to Waspinator to stop Optimus now. And so Waspinator's got his gun. He's like, Waspinator, get him Yeah. So much
2: confidence. And then a clear reference to He's like Batman the Dark Knight returns. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I love
3: how he's like so confident and he's like strutting out, and as soon as he gets a hint that Optimus is there, he just freaks the fuck out and like it's up against Ed? the wall. He's yeah. all scared. You yeah. see his <laughs>
0: wings sort of go down, and he's like, right, scared, looking at both ends of the hallway to try and figure out where he is. Like and a second g- before this, he's like, super, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't have enough to type to enough time to psych himself up for it.
1: <laughs> it takes once more than
0: it, one sentence. Yeah, and so literally, what happens is he he's pressed up against a wall, and the next thing you know. Optimus literally busts through the wall behind him and grabs him, throws him through another wall, and then shoots him. <laughs> and there's like a moment <laughs> where, like, he
1: they show him dazed and looking up, and as he's like just standing over him, pointing the gun before he blasts him.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So like, like emphasizing wasp- the brutality here.
0: Yeah.
2: So I will say this: this scene, the the moment, the thing that went through my head when I saw this sequence, the the tarantula is followed by the waspinator takedowns. Was not, was actually a superhero, but it wasn't Batman, it wasn't War Machine, and it wasn't the Hulk. It was Superman. When Superman, uh, not, I don't know, I can't think of like a really super specific example, but there have been a lot of times when Superman's like, okay, I'm not screwing around anymore. This is serious. And he just mm-hmm. like takes somebody out, just like gets super, like, super aggressive. Like, that th- this seems like it could have been a, a Superman scene, and and it kind of makes you wonder if Optimus has been holding back all this time. Like, Ooh, he yeah, kind of yeah. no, yeah. I totally, I
3: totally got the same impression. I would, I of the Superman holding back thing with, with Optimus here because yeah, he just like he takes him out like, and like earlier in the scene, he's fighting Scorpion, he's like under behind cover firing, but like I don't know if he went all, out he probably could have just like ripped Scorpion's head off, but if, yeah. he just holds back all the time. Like yeah. I love that that's one of my favorite parts of Justice League Unlimited is when Superman just goes all out on Darkseid. He's like I live in a world of cardboard. Yeah, that like, speech is so it's great. so good. Yeah. Uh
1: <laughs> you know, like always worry that you're going to break everything, but you can take it.
3: Yeah.
0: Great. <laughs> and then he literally takes it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was kind of kind of thinking of. Yeah. So
0: from here, um, we get a scene where I'm trying to remember is is it Optimus walking through the hallway next, or is it the, the Autobot the Maximals show up? I'm trying to remember. No, wait, the Maximals show up first. They they engage Terrorosaur and Black Arachne outside, and they just leave the door open. Yeah, they didn't even close there's, it behind there's a, them.
3: There's a thing too where Optimus is walking through the hall and he starts hearing Cheetor's voice in his head.
0: Yes. And that's uh that's as he's approaching uh okay, yeah. lab. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like wow. a little transitional thing cuz he hears uh Cheetor and Cheetors like is there any of the old Optimus left and he sort of he pauses like Cheetor mm-hmm. he's like looking around as if he's trying to see him. It's it's sort of like he's hallucinating.
3: Yeah.
1: Or maybe it's the pre-sentence that
0: we've mentioned Cheetahs have and since yeah, he's, could, you know, near, close that. enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so from there we we cut back outside and uh Rhinox is sort of laying some cover fire and tells Cheetor uh that now's the time. So Cheetor transforms into a Cheetah and runs inside while Pterosaur and Black Arachne are distracted behind cover.
3: Yeah, like I said, there's kind of a transition thing where Optimus is saying Cheetor, and then the next line you hear is Rhinox saying Cheetor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So so we cut back to Scorponok's lab, and Optimus has started to come in. He's looking around the lab, and he doesn't see. He sees where the antidote should have been, but obviously it's not there. And you can tell that he's starting to feel the effects of of the virus and the damage that he's taken. And then we get Megatron sort of coming out of the shadows, holding the antidote, and uh, he sort of comments how. Guerrilla warfare suits you. The old Altus would never have made <laughs> Which it. It's
2: not whisper. what he's doing, <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> Even the TF Wiki points that out, like you guys yeah. said. You know, uh, what was it? Uh, hold on. There's there's one thing where it's like guerrilla warfare is. Uh, oh dang it, I lost it. Hold on. Oh, here it is. But you know that you know guerrilla warfare is built on surprise attacks, sab- sabotage, ambushes, and deception yeah what it certainly isn't built on is insane and suicidal frontal assaults against superior numbers
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like th- the opposite of what's going on here
1: you know what i I bet you I bet you just Megatron just wanted to use the pun he did that's, yeah. All, yeah. that's all it is <laughs> sitting there in the dark waiting,
2: or maybe he I mean, was like, literally talking about. Like super intelligent a planet where he where there was war with super intelligent gorillas, like you know like gr- grods people fighting. I also want to be you really that, messy. Like,
3: that like every episode, the last like three episodes, they've all had the title drops like in the actual titles of the actual episodes of the show, which is interesting. I mean, maybe not the last three, but like this one and last one. And they don't do that every episode, but happened in the last couple. I think It's kind of interesting. There's been some candle drinks happening.
0: (laughs) So, with this, Optimus is asking Megatron what is it that he wants, and Megatron gets straight to the point. He says, your allegiance in exchange for this antivirus? Yes. And Optimus is like, and if I refuse? He's like, you can't refuse. No. Not if you want to survive. So, either join me or perish. And so, we get this um, little scene where Optimus almost seems resigned to it, and then he just sort of... The best thing I have to describe it is he just sort of hulks out at that point. He just goes nuts. Yeah. yeah. He He's like, well, oh yes, then why not end it here and now, Megatron? And he literally rips the cyber bee off of his chest. Mm-hmm. And Megatron and, takes off, because as, yeah. as was pointed out, it initiates its self-destruct sequence. Yeah, yeah, because he's like, you fool, you'll destroy us all. And so he starts running away, and we literally get a full circle of what happened at the start of the episode as Optimus tosses the bee, and he's like, just a little trick alert from a flower, Megatron. And
3: Megatron's <laughs> like, what the fuck is he talking about?
0: <laughs> like, My flower. <laughs> and, and so Optimus <laughs> nails him in the back of the neck, in pretty much the same spot that Dinobot had the little seedling attached to him earlier, and it locks in, and as as Megatron's running back into the shadows, he tosses the, the antivirus into the air, but he's yelling, Scorponok! <laughs> and so we get, uh, Chior suddenly appears, and jumps into the air, transforms in mid-air, yeah, and flip, catches... And and manages to catch the antivirus, and off is, like, spark fading, and he's like, hang on, Big Bot, and he sort of jabs the – because to, to describe to the listener, the, the antivirus is sort of like – it's like a big – you know those sticks that you have if you're, like, picking up litter that would almost yeah. have, like, the needle on the end? It's sort of like that, but then there's, like, this little canister thing attached yeah, like, to it.
2: like the
3: Ninja Turtle zoos. Yeah. And this is what I brought up earlier when I said like the antivirus saving him doesn't make much sense because like the idea is that the life support systems transferred to the bug, yeah, and the bug was maintaining him, mm-hmm. and then the bug and, and if he got the antivirus while the bug was still on him, mm-hmm. I would be like okay, so they went back to Optimus. But in yeah. here, it's like he threw the bomb on the Megatron, yeah, and now he puts the antivirus in him, and so the... it's, it's less of an antivirus and more like restoring his system settings. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me, like a soft well, the ex- He should have lost his life his, – if if his life support systems went to the bug, right. then he lost them when he threw
2: them off, right?
0: Mm-hmm. You would have thought so. Yeah. yeah.
2: The, I think the explanation didn't necessarily say – that the way they said the life support – because also like, what's a li- – he's a robot. Why does he need a life support system? I mean I know Spark, blah, 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 but – like that's. Kind I, I think of a, it's.
3: I think life support's a weird way of translating pretty much like the systems that make you alive and not like,
2: yeah, just a, not an unmoving robot. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean, because I feel like again I feel like if this was a if this was a Stargate episode and it was a and it was a a bug that that was a I think there was a Stargate Atlantis episode that specifically like this was the plot. Um, there was i, I there was a bug. That was a parasite, and like part of it was like in you. And if you forced it off, it would, it would, uh, like trigger the venom that would kill you instantly. Um, like that would make, like that would make more sense if when he pulled it off, it, it triggered something in the, in the venom in, in, inside of him that would, that would cause the, 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 him to only live for a minute. And then the, having the, the, antivirus would make sense but yeah the way they describe yeah. it it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah it,
0: it yeah that was something that sort of bugged me about it too it's like it's not really no pun
2: an, intended
0: antivirus. yeah i didn't really even mean that I'm <laughs> sh- joel on twa i'm sure we'll, we'll be happy with that pun there. <laughs> um but yeah it, it's it, it didn't really sit quite right with me either with it being it an antivirus per se. Um,
2: you know I what know I? How... You know what I wonder. I, this just occurred to me. This was 1996, right? Or ninety, ninety six. Yeah, that's what ninety six. Yeah. That's what the year in front of my face says. Um, yeah, this was 1996. Probably uh, sort of like sort of like when um, when data talk in, in start in Star Trek Next Generation talks about how many bits he can process. Per second, mm. as opposed to saying bytes or megabytes or gigabytes or terabytes or whatever, like or or when Doc Brown call, says one point twenty one gigawatts, uh, yeah, like probably the concept of in of an antivirus wasn't as ubiquitous, certainly not amongst eight to ten year olds, um, no. and so and so the this vague idea that there's an antidote for this bad thing is enough.
3: Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, nitpicking adults here, (laughs) and
2: and I guess that I guess that it wouldn't even have we like wouldn't even necessarily have have even even caught it if it was if if they'd have said you're, you know, it's connected to the to his all spark. Is, it, it affects his connection to the Allspark and with the blah, blah, tech, techno language, blah blah blah, like techno bi- gibberish. It's just that the techno gibberish that they happen to say is life support and antivirus. These terms that between sci-fi and and uh, actual live, actually living in the future, um, like we know, we have an idea of what that actually means, as opposed to it just being techno jargon. Yeah. yeah.
3: No, it's definitely a nitpick, like I said. it's just it's just interesting to point out
0: mm-hmm. no, it's certainly it, it certainly didn't sit right with me, and with good reason i'm I'm not exactly sure how like what exactly we were classified as, and maybe that was a problem that the writers had too is they didn't really know how to classify it per se, so they just went with, mm-hmm. oh,, uh, we'll call it an antivirus, I guess,
2: yeah, I mean, I feel like what it was is that they part part of the issue with this episode. Is that they took a a a textbook plot of of you go to from Star Trek, you go down to a planet and there's an alien bug attaches to you and bad Mm -hmm. things happen and you have to science your way out of it. And instead, they made it a the the things that they changed made it a little bit harder for the plot to make sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, so. Cheetor is essentially almost stabs or zaps Optimus, I guess, with this stick and it releases the antivirus into him uh, cuz Optimus was sort of he, he was about ready to to go so and the Spark was fading. Yeah.
1: Which by and, the way, this is the first episode they actually specifically say Spark according yes. to Yes, like, mm-hmm. I was I was, right. was going
3: to mention that I totally yeah. forgot and thank you Jordan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so he he hits him with the antivirus, and Cheater's like, "Yes, we're back online." He's like, "Let's bail before that thing blows." And from there, we cut to Megatron, who has found Scorponok, and is like very aggressively saying, "Get this thing off of me now!" And Scorponok manages to pull it off of him, and just as he does, the bomb's starting <laughs> to get ready to go off, <laughs> and, and this wonderful moment. Yeah. Yes. Where both Megatron and Scorpion <laughs> look at directly at the camera,
3: look at each, each we'll other get... first, and then they yeah. look at the camera, and their, their mouths are agape, and one of the t Rex, so it looks even funnier. <laughs> 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 then yeah, it blows up, and does, it doesn't? It doesn't
2: destroy everything.
3: It's pretty, it's yeah. unless they're does, dead. And this is, i mean, like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're dead, and this is
2: the it, end. It, no, of they it are it permanently dead. dead. I I I listed it. Uh, on my on my death ca- on my death tally this is the third time megatron has died and the first time Scorp- scorponok has died <laughs> it does seem to punch a hole
1: uh or at least uh shake off some of the the outer hull of the of the, of the dark side from where yeah. they are yeah
2: yeah well, i mean i mean between between the, the 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 serious blow that they took that the that the predacons took in this episode and then and then also uh them kind of losing their their stuff in the in the previous episode. It's like or or one not the previous episode, but the one where they stole the chip. It's like what's the maximals end goal here? Like like is is cuz cuz they've ta- they attack the Predacons. They 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 they, they disable Tarantulas. I mean he's not like totally dead, but th- he does some serious damage to Waspinator. Um Megatron and Scorponok get blown up. So there's two functional Predacons at this point, um, with uh, with Pterosaur and Black Arachnia. The 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 Maximals didn't even bother calling Tigertron to to help them with this with this assault, and mm-hmm. and and they also just kind of leave after they've you know you could have had you could have had uh, Rhinox, Rat Trap, and uh, uh, Dinobot put push the advantage there and won the war in this fight. <laughs>
0: Yeah, even even if uh, even
2: if you're allowing for even if you're allowing for for uh, for Cheetor to go care for Optimus, but you could have mm-hmm. they could have called yeah they could have called Dinobot and gotten Cheetor or, or Dinobot Tigertron gotten Cheetor back in the fight while Tigertron takes care of Optimus. Optimus could have just gone beast mode and wandered hu- and stumbled on home or or <laughs> sat off to the side. Like this could have been the end of the war. I feel like like what is the what is the what is the the end game even. What is the goal even at this point? Is it just to is it to stop the Predacons? Because if it is, they should have. Yeah.
3: Yeah, they're just they're just not aggressive as they could be, and I guess was, they felt that Optimus was they needed attention more than them taking the battles to them. I guess, but I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, like
0: no, absolutely, especially, not. especially
3: if Tigertron showed up. And again, I would I would make not really again, but I would make Cheetor. Um, Take care of Optimus and Tigertron
2: fights. Tigertron's like pretty badass, as we saw in last yeah. episode. Well, either I mean, I just I guess I was thinking Tigertron is a is is a little bit of the of the kind of not wanting to be as involved directly or something. Either either way, sure. I mean, I mean, it's just or or he might sh- or since he's showing up late to the fight or something, he could he could take, uh, but I, it just, it just seems yeah, like the only,
3: the only, the only, uh, Predacons left at that point are Blackarachnia and Terrorsaur. Right. Cause, yeah, right. Cause like Waspinator, Tarantulas, Gorponok, Megatron, all got taken out. So yeah, they could have just gone in there and like, I don't, I don't know, blown off, blown up
2: the dark side or some shit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and they don't, I mean, cause assumedly, assumedly, uh, the reason that everybody, uh, I assume, I mean, uh, spoiler or whatever the the uh, Megatron and Scorpion didn't really die. I mean, assumedly, the the way that those two and and probably Waspinator too get reassembled is that eventually uh, Tarantulas takes the thing out of his gut and the and the other two that are that that they just left, you know, take everybody into the torturous repair thing. And, 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 and heals there, yeah. them all, but if if all of them were disabled, nobody would be there to put them back together. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, they they didn't die, but they're probably like really low. I mean, like yeah, they're damaged to shit probably. And yeah, there's not I mean, been in and there really lock, I isn't. Said. I
2: mean, even even Optimus like probably could have just gone to beast mode and hung out. Like he didn't even like no none of them are dis none of the Maximals are disabled. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we
3: go to Optimus later, and he's like, he's like, clonked out on a bed, so he probably was like, pretty. Like maybe yeah. if he transformed, he would have been okay. But I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, he didn't use the non-drowsy antivirus. That's probably what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um,
0: speaking of which, we once they leave the dark side, we cut to a scene in what we can assume is Optimus's room. Uh, I think this is the first time that we actually get to see this as well, and he's got some really funky bed that. Looks like he's his head is resting on a giant speaker. <laughs> at,
1: least, at least he's got a nice view.
0: He's yeah, probably listening true.
3: to a podcast. I mean, this is the brightest, pretty. most colorful room in the Axelon as we've seen so far. Yeah, it must, must. It's pretty like like uh, it's pretty warm the room. Like it doesn't it doesn't feel as like cold and kind of like gray as the rest of the Axelon does. So I'm mm. not sure if this, this is the med band, It's made like that so that people feel better in it or whatever. But yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah. We
0: we get um with this scene we we get like this little character mo- moment between Optimus and Dinobot as well. Um because as it turns out yeah. Dinobot's sort of doing a bedside vigil and actually Optimus asks him that he's like Bedside Vigil Dinobot? And he's like, that doesn't seem like you to which he replies that sort of hesitantly, he's like, it it was my shift. And so he sort of is starting to get up and moving off now that optimus is awake so he can sort of i assume so he can let the others know
2: and he was like well really close to optimus when optimus woke up like he was not just he was not just kind of chilling in there in the room he was right on top of him
0: well he wanted to check to make sure if he did die he wanted to know because then he (laughs) could start planning the funeral right away right that's true that's true so he he's like well, it's it's good to have you back. And Optimus is like, back home or back to normal? And we get done about, sort of pauses at the doorway and looks back and he's like, both. And then he leaves. A little le- smirk. Yeah. Yeah. And so he leaves and Optimus happens to look over and he sees a plant next to his bed and he sort of gives this little chuckle and then he sort of goes back to dreaming of electric sheep, I can assume. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I assumed that it was the plant that they found earlier, and it just had bloomed at that point. Like it had that's like another stage, and it was
0: blooming. Possible, yeah. That's what I was almost getting from it too.
2: I yeah, I wasn't. I not necessarily the exact same plant, but like the same like type of plant. But yeah, that and and possibly that Dinobot was the one who put it there for him. Yeah, that's what I was. I was thinking it had to be Dinobot that put him put it there.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. So yeah, but there's the end of the episode. So what did you guys think?
3: That was a pretty good episode. I liked uh, Optimus's rampage. That was really fun. <laughs> yeah, and like you guys were talking about earlier, that I kind
1: of actually forgot about. This is just how it actually does seem like Optimus is t- kind of holding back. That you know, like if it wasn't for his compassion and empathy, he would be a force to reckon to be to reckon with.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the same. I think that's gone with the Optimus carrier, the Optimus character. Um, I would say, aside from the Michael Bay movies, per se, um, but for the most part, that's been a, a consistent theme with an Optimus Prime character over the course of all these cartoons. I think.
2: So I felt like this was definitely one of the strongest episodes, maybe the strongest episode yet. Um, it's just like little little things were like sort of getting at me like it's like well why didn't you just like cause cause the thing the thing about the the guy that's holding back you know the superhero who's always holding back it's because they're try the villains are supposed to be able to be redeemed and the person is trying to let you know let, let the police do their job as much as they can and, and there's and avoid civilian casualties and stuff like in Beast Wars there are no civilians yeah it's, well, it's just
1: the natural wildlife of the planet might be considered civilians.
2: Yeah, but
1: or at least I mean, it's innocent. a very broad sense, though. Yeah,
2: but 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 still, like, I feel like I feel like the the risk of of causing some collateral damage is much lower in a desolate planet with a handful of animals than it is in New York City, and yeah. so and so the, and I mean. I mean, I just, I just don't understand. I guess this episode kind of really emphasizes. I feel like I don't know what the end game is. Like, even if you think about Power Rangers, mm-hmm. like, like the um, the uh, Cyclopsis episode of of the first season of Power Rangers that was like the the season finale before they added extra episodes. And mm-hmm. Rita comes to Earth. She's like, "Yeah, we're gonna come to Earth." And uh, and that gives them an opportunity to go after Rita personally. Yeah. You know, so that explains why they're not constantly trying to kill Rita directly. I mean, aside from the, the no escalation clause, which also partially explains it, but it's like, but it's like, there's, they're fighting, you know, they're fighting the villain and they take out the villain or Batman, you know, even Batman 66 or, uh, or whatever, he fights the villain and ties him up and sends him to jail. It's like, what is the you know if that's if that's Batman's end game to send the villains to jail, well what's the end game of the maximals here? Yeah. I, I still yeah. guess that it's just to arrest them. To to arre- to arrest them. <laughs> but then yes. why didn't they well, you know why don't well, they take was, one of them prisoner in this, you know, in this episode? Like
1: you, you know? Well, because the virus kind of overrided his normally normal plan of of trying to arrest them and just all out warfare on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I mean, like, I think their, their end plan is to stop the Predacons from, like, getting a, a foothold here and using the Energon to, like, power up a second, uh, or lack of a better term, world war, and um, and that mean and that means, and, the, and s- to stop them from doing that in any way they can, and they try not to kill them because they're for, again, lack of a better word, humanitarian. And, mm-hmm and they need to stand trial back on Cybertron. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess it's just it would I I I can understand that as a uh, that does make sense and it actually even makes sense in this context if the if if the goal of the mission then was to get to get Optimus cured and they succeeded in the goal and so they left. I mean, I guess that kind of that kind of makes sense. It's just like or you know, you think about even if you think about like the Flash and he's got his and he's got his crazy uh supervillain cells like do they have a do they have a holding cell in the Axelon? actually i think they do
1: but we don't see it till like late is it second season
0: um, yeah yeah late second season
2: yeah cuz i mean maybe yeah maybe if they had a yeah if they had a holding cell if they were able to take you know take one of them and and lock him up That'd be a i it would feel like there's some progress, but I, I mean maybe that's the maybe that's the uh the point of 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 the beast wars that is that um is that war is war is pointless and there's no progress on either side and it's just you're just entrenched and you're just trying to live a life and stuff yeah okay I don't know yeah. I don't know it's just it's just sort of uh, that was i uh, that's my that's my my grievance is i I wish that there was a better a better a more clear end game, um, but it, this was probably my favorite episode. I think this was my favorite episode. Yeah, yeah, it, it
0: was definitely a good episode. But I think there, there's definitely you, you definitely bring up a good point with the end game in that you know they had a, a pretty good opportunity to overwhelm them, but they didn't take it. So it, it, it does call into question what exactly the motivations are. Like we we sort of have an idea with the Predacons, but we all we really know with the Maximals is okay they want to try and. Or at least Optimus wants to try and arrest them peacefully, and maybe that's one of the things too that, because Optimus was almost sort of incapacitated, maybe they were a bit fearful of trying to push that in case there was some conflict. Like I could have definitely seen Dinobot putting up a fuss about trying to take them alive. I'm sure he would have wanted to try and you know destroy them.
2: Well, maybe you don't they were, have you don't have the clear leadership if 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 he's yeah. if he's uh, I mean I guess. That That makes sense, and I'm glad I mean yeah, that's that's the more I talk about it, the more like it there are things about this specific situation. Um, and it would make me feel even better, and I know this isn't going to happen if in the next episode they're like, okay, so we they can't scan us for coming. We took out we took a, a ma- we took a massive chunk out of their ship. Uh, Scorponok and and Megatron still haven't fully been repaired, most likely. We need to go in again. Or, you know, we need to go in and push our advantage, and you know, the goal is to capture at least two of them or something. <laughs> you know, if they really yeah. did follow up, and eh, maybe they do, maybe they do in between the episodes. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be in my my War and Beast fan pi- fanfic.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> War and Beast fanfic, not Beast Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fan fiction is of is of us watching the uh, is of us doing a podcast of <laughs> about that episode. <laughs>
0: I'm not putting That's another amazing. Inception That's really sound meta. effect in here.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we we did get a question this week. Uh, we got it through uh, the the Facebook group. Hey, uh, Greg. Yes.
3: We actually got two questions.
0: Did we get two questions?
3: Yeah. Oh, good. I I did a tweet saying like I'm doing our podcast, and my my friend uh, Kinugami, who I've told about this podcast, tweeted a question
0: at us. Awesome. Well, if you want to read that, if you want to read that question first, by all means, go right ahead.
3: Awesome. I'm sure. Uh, so, KinoGami at KinoGami on Twitter uh, says, "Gary Chalk's voice became iconic to the series as the new Optimus. What other VAs do you feel did the same?"
0: I would say definitely Scott McNeil, just because of the range he had. Um, but I'm also a old school Optimus Prime Peter Cullen fan too, and so. If you had yeah, asked me before Beast Wars, I would never have thought of somebody else doing the voice of Optimus. But now it's almost—I—I have—I have as much respect for Peter Cullen as I do for Gary Chalk in, in that role. I think both of them. I think either of them can do a, a very equal job on it.
3: I think um, what his question might mean too is—is is more like it might—it might be more like which actors like became the iconic of that character. So, like, I would say another example of that is, um, Mark Hamill as the Joker. Uh, yes,
0: Kevin Conway Batman. Um, that man.
3: Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the, what I was trying to think of his name. Um, yeah. and like more recently, Stephen Bloom is Wolverine. Yeah, that's become, what I was like, going to say. Stephen Bloom
0: is Wolverine. Yeah.
3: He's become yeah. the Wolverine voice. Uh, Scott McNeil is an amazing actor, and I, mm-hmm. and I think he did a great Wolverine, to be honest. Um, yeah. but he he never really got a character that like that's like that character is um like he's the voice of that guy like you know what i mean because he does a lot of anime and stuff and like you could say like oh like yeah he's the voice of duo maxwell but duo maxwell isn't like a character that's um in so universally the social con- recognized in, in, yeah yeah in the, in the media yeah. consciousness as much as like say optimus
2: prime or
0: yeah or, joker, or batman yeah. or so, joker or anything like that
2: so i'll steve bloom is the only voice actor that i know their name uh <laughs> i, I Jordan's really really good at voice acting stuff though so. i mean yeah i mean he's well he's he's super prolific and he also basically just does his own voice like he doesn't do a million different voices um so i've he I've drops found, up his voice a bit for
3: wolver i would say I would it, say he well, does he, not sound like spike for instance
2: but. yeah well yeah and it does, and and uh and zeb on rebels has a, a pretty a pretty thick accent but Although he also does the stormtrooper does voices, on every Rebels. stormtrooper.
1: That's what yeah. I was going to say. It's like now when I see stormtroopers, I just think Steve Bloom or vice yeah. versa. But my, I mean yeah.
2: my my first experience with steam with Steve Bloom was when he was the voice of Tom on Toonami, um, and so and so for a long time I associated if Steve Bloom was the voice of one of the main characters in the show, it was going to be a show that I liked because um, he had a very. Uh, and there's a handful of other uh, anime actors whose name I don't know their names, But, like, there's a lot of – there's a handful of them that do, a lot, you know, that do a lot of the same stuff, especially if you're talking about stuff from the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, like the guy that played uh, the other character on Cowboy Bebop. Um, uh, Jets voice actor, you mean? Um, oh, I can't, I can't remember his name. But he is, he is all of the villains on Rurouni Kenshin, and he does not do a different voice for each one. Oh my god! (laughs) Um, But uh, so 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 he you know so there's there's a handful that are like that, and then like on the other side of animation, um, because you can't talk about anime at least in my mind without thinking of Adult Swim, and you can't think of Adult Swim without thinking of the stuff that's not anime on Adult Swim. And um, Zorak, H H John Benjamin. Oh yeah, I mean now he's just Bob on Bob's and Archer, but. For, for, oh, yeah, he's bob and archer yeah. but at the same time like for a long time he was on all these little you know he was on lucy daughter of the devil and you know home <laughs> movies and obviously and and oh and yeah a coach Ma- coach mcgurk yeah was such and so <laughs> and so he oh, sort guy. of would his voice because again he just kind of sounded like himself um when his voice was on a uh one of those stupid adult swim stoner tv shows i was like oh this is actually probably going to be pretty funny because it's 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 it was sort of a sign of the creative team behind it so i guess he's the other voice actor who i know who their name is i think what's really interesting about gary chalk as a
3: specific case is that like i mentioned mark hamill kevin conroy you, you you might think of like if you try to think of like okay who's who was batman before kevin conroy there wasn't really one, and same with Mark Hamill. I mean, I guess you could say Adam West, but yeah, I mean, Adam West only... was
2: in in Super Friends. Yeah,
3: that's so I guess you too, could, yeah. I guess you could say that, but I mean, Kevin Conway is in such a different direction. It's, it's interesting that like Optimus Prime was Peter Cullen, and he was so hard, Peter Cullen, and like like um Greg said, like he, he was like his Optimus, and he was really dedicated to that. It's impressive that Gary Chalk took Optimus and. Took, made him his character on the, on the same level as Peter Cullen did. Like, it's pretty impressive that he was able to take a character who was so well-known for one voice and make him his own. Because he was Optimus for, like, five series after this one. And now yeah, Peter Cullen has got it back after the movie. Yeah. And I I mean, like, and I did like how Peter Cullen was like, okay, it's cool that he's back from the movie, but I kind of do feel a little bit bad for Chalk, because he could have done Optimus in the show still, and it would have been, like, really cool. Yeah, But, um... No, they went more for for Peter Cullen taking it over again. But I can't really think of any other cases like that. Like I guess Adam West I, and Batman's the closest one you can get. But I, I, I couldn't think of a voice that was the Joker before Mark Hamill, and no one's no one since has been able to take the Joker
2: and make him their own. You know like, what that, that I you know what that makes uh, me think of that makes me think of uh, the other uh, the one of only a handful. Casey Kasem did the voice of yes. Robin. In, yeah. I think at least in the, in the, whenever Adam West would show up in uh, in the Scooby-Doo, but I'm pretty sure also in Super Friends.
0: Yep. Yeah. He actually, Casey Kasem, had a big falling out with the producers of the original Transformers show, because uh, there was a very controversial episode that sort of takes place in like a fake Middle Eastern country. And he really took offense to that, uh, because there was a lot of stereotypes portrayed in it. And he basically quit the show. Like he, he refused to do the voice that I'm trying to remember which voice it was that he did. I think um, it was Cliff Jumper
1: or am I thinking?
0: Yeah, it was Cliff Jumper. Yeah. But he, he refused to, to do the voice after that episode. And I don't think he ever returned to the series just because he was that turned off by it. Oh, huh,
1: that's pretty cool. And yeah. I was gonna say like for me for person like personal experience with voice actors, like Around the '90s is when I actually started really paying attention, and that was like during the Steven Spielberg Warner Brothers era. So yeah. I got into knowing like um, Jeff Glenn Bennett, uh, do, who does a, like this really f- fake but f- uh, funny uh, British accent, accent that sounds kind of like uh, that actually kind of sounds like um,
0: uh, what's his name? Almost like Ringo, doesn't it? Because you're thinking of Wacko. No,
1: no, no, right? no, no. Wacko's. Uh, someone else i'm, I'm talking about oh, okay. like lord bravery and and oh, and cave guy yeah. um john Cleesh. that's who i was yes. thinking of yeah more you more you know not 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 liverpoolian as so much as uh just uh upper class kind of yeah. thing the uh, term but... is liverpuglian just <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh but also like um let's see there was uh, there's it's also like Tony J was like another voice that I always noticed when he did stuff. Like when he was megabyte yes. on reboot and I don't know how many people actually watched it, but uh, Virgil on Mighty Max, like He was
0: awesome on that show. Yeah. And
1: that and that like that made the character for me was just his voice and just how he did that character. I don't know if he had fun doing it or if it was just a paycheck, but it's still one of those things to me that's always been, you know, just great to hear and a lot of times yeah i'm more i'm more of like just think oh this person did this or that and and there's very few times where i think like oh only this person can be this voice of you know this character or that that's their they they are that character or so on and i was thinking and i realized that there is one person that i actually do think of that and that's uh don adams as inspector gadget
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a really good one.
1: Because <laughs> I cannot imagine anybody else doing that voice, or or just
3: because. did you uh, like Matthew Broderick? No,
1: <laughs> so, uh, I think Steve Carell almost had it. Like he did, he did, he did the good. He did the pattern very well, and he did the did the lines well. So, like, I mean that that gets smart with him. um did it you know i think was a very good uh homage and and i loved and i loved how they did like nice little sides like bill murray being agent 44 in the tree you know it was just they really they really got the tone of the show of get yeah. smart in that movie yeah they did. Um, so i mean but still you know just just don adams you know as maxwell smart as as inspector gadget you know uh, is just one of those things that will always be tied in my, in my brain because just how much the characters are kind of intertwined with how he does the voice.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Okay, one other, just for uh, affirmative action's sake, uh, I have a voice actress who um, oh, I cool. think is pretty iconic. Uh, Christine Cavanaugh, um, uh, uh, who uh, actually died a couple years ago. Um, oh, she oh, was that's the that's voice fun. of Chucky, of chucky finster in, in Rugrats, right. as well as uh, dexter yes. in dexter's laboratory yeah. and a handful yeah. of yeah. other uh cartoon characters from sort of that era and she yeah. she's had a very distinct um kind of uh like sounds like, like a like a, a kind of a gravelly voice that uh that um yeah. that uh, that was that was very emblematic of that era in uh, in cartoons that makes me a Definitely. bit sad
3: to hear that she passed because that was yeah. a Pretty prevalent voice in my childhood. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm just bringing the podcast down.
0: <laughs>
3: Let's get to Zach's question. Maybe that'll yeah. that'll. We'll have Zach's question, not Zach's question, yeah. actually.
0: Yeah, this is, this is actually uh, from Adrian, who is Zach's wife uh, and, and, or and girlfriend, de- right? And <laughs> yes, <they're> right. <laughs> depending on depending on when we ask him. Apparently, um, he's been pretty the, good about it
3: in the yeah. last uh, couple.
0: Yeah.
3: A few episodes of (laughs) W A.
0: So, Adrian's question is, uh, my favorites have always been Tarantulas and Starscream. And she asks, who are some of the crew's favorite backstabbing turncoats in media?
3: Really tough for me.
0: I've got one that I... Because I I thought about this after I saw the question, and I'm not sure if any of you guys will remember it, but does anybody remember the the Shadow movie that had Alec Baldwin in it? Yes. Yes. Do you remember Tim Curry's character? Yes. I love Tim Curry in that movie, and just he, him, he, just him laughing and shooting the. Oh. Yes, <laughs> he, he was such a the sleazy, backstabbing turncoat in it. He yeah, was, oh. it, it, that was that was one that really stuck out in my mind.
3: Oh, um, I just thought of one actually that's kind of funny is uh which um, uh, Mike might approve of is uh Snively from Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh Richard. yes. And the Archie Comics is a pretty good, like yeah. sniveling, um, always trying to get the advantage and one up his boss, but never really is able to like successfully do it. Yeah, uh, like Star- that's a lot more like Starscream. So, than, um,
2: so uh, I-, I like Lando
3: Calrissian. <laughs> I like Lando too, but he's like not a- he he redeems himself and becomes a cool yeah, character. Does. I guess that's yeah. I guess that's uh, what that I'm trying to think counts.
2: of. Like because I usually I usually would that's the type that I would prefer that somebody yeah, who yeah. is introduced as a as either as a villain or as as somebody who who does something who set, who who makes a deal that maybe they didn't they didn't really want to and then they and then they sort of go to re- redeem themselves. I'm not really a yeah. big fan of characters who are just constantly untrustworthy okay. and backstabbing. I
3: I agree completely, which is why the question's hard for me, because the the two characters that I do like that are like that Tarantulus and Starscream. <laughs> 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 Trying to think of others that are like that, like I said, Snively is pretty fun, um, and I'm a, yeah. I was a big Sonic Archie fan when I was
2: growing up. Quark but, from uh, Deep Space Nine I think maybe would fall into that category. Yeah,
0: Quark could sort of fit into that, I'd say. he's,
2: you know, I mean, he's wheeling and dealing and, and always, you know... Uh, it's a combination yep. of being arrested and, and helping the, the security of the ship. Um, you could
0: say DuCott in a sense, in that same series could be as well, because uh, we see him turn from, like, the towards the start of that series where he's a bit more amicable and, and whatnot. Like, certainly not a good guy by any stretch, but towards the end of the series, he becomes the main villain, so...
1: Now, see, I should have thought more about this, because I was looking for something very specific, because of an idea that I remembered, and I'll get to that in a second, I was just, but um, like, I was specifically, like, I remember uh, having a Transformers toy, and I still do, somewhere, I just have to track it down, there was a, an old G1 Transformer called Punch, aka Counterpunch, and he was, he was literally a double agent, he was like a spy, and uh, like his robot even had like technically three forms. Like he, he had he was a car, and then like one form was he uh, was his Autobot form that had the Autobot actually had the Autobot. You know those uh, old like you know you rub rub them and warm them up and it shows... and it and oh it, yeah it was, and they he, ch- they change colors yeah yeah he actually had both like yeah. and, like he had the Autobot on one side and then like you could flip him around and like flip his flip this thing on his head and he'd become a decepticon and he had that and he had the decepticon symbol one on on him and (laughs) and it was actually kind of interesting because like i just thought he was like a really awesome cool thing and like even realizing like wow he's like a you know double agent or spy for for the things and uh apparently like even in back when they like released him and like wrote up some of his backstory they were saying like how he got so deep undercover that he, he almost kind of got, like, from the sound of it, a dis- dissociative identity disorder, like, where Counterpunch mm-hmm. actually kind of, like, he would have blackouts where Counterpunch was, like, actually doing, you know, what he was as a Decepticon supposed to be doing, and it kind of started really worrying him and, and getting him paranoid. And, like, I've seen things, like, like even, like, a small, like, uh, fan comic about it, and it's kind of it's kind of terrifying that it's just, like, um you know, like, I think there, uh, I used to watch Burn Notice, and he, and the, there was an episode where he mentions, like, sometimes when you go into deep cover, you know, sometimes, you know, it's really hard to separate yourself from the identity you create, and it was, like, one of those kinds of things with him, and it was just, yeah, it was just one of those weird, but, you know, awesome things that, like, I remember I just casually thought, thought nothing of as a kid, but then when I, like, started, you know, learning, oh, hey, people are, uh, you know do comics and and talk about these things and i find out more i'm like wow you know i I actually can understand see that and understand that and it's like that's that's amazing that you know there's actually more to it than just 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 a a toy car toy car that did two different robots
0: yeah there's definitely some depth there
2: i finally thought of another one yes (laughs) jane from uh from firefly oh yeah oh Oh, oh, yeah you just remind you reminded me
1: uh What's his name? Uh, Badger from Firefly oh. as well. Yep. Yeah. Like he's—I he, mean, he's more Weasley than than. Oh, he's the the know, guy finally, that they Badger. like
2: the that they work he, that they work for. Kind of.
1: Yeah, he like fixes them jobs yeah, and stuff yeah, like the that. Fixer, and, yeah. But yeah. and also more recently, I was also thinking, uh, La- uh, Hondo from uh, Star Wars Rebels. Oh and, yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, because he's got he's got his kind of own pirate honor, but he's uh, but he's also like not. Not uh, you know, he's 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 not not one that he would be bound always by his word. He mm-hmm. would go back on it. I mean, there was one point when um Darth Maul and his brother kind of like tried to convince uh coup with his, his his you know with some of his pirate gang back in uh, Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and he's like he's like you have betrayed me. I couldn't be more pow- proud of you as pirates. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I. I see. I don't really remember too much about his character in Clone Wars, but I really like his relationship with uh, with Ezra, Ezra in, in yeah. Rebels because it's like they totally expect that they're going to yeah. betray each other and, they, and betray each other because Ezra is going to screw him yeah. over, just like and and it's and it's not it's not personal. It's just it's just one upping each other. Yeah, um, I, I I really like where they've taken his character as opposed because yeah. in Clone Wars he was more he was more he had of a gay villain. Yeah, he had a gang, and he had uh, a force to
1: reckon with him. Now he's kind of on his own in, in Rebels, so he's much right. more wily and backstabby. Also, he's almost also, like a Jack Sparrow character.
2: Also, yes. he's a Weequay, which is which is really cool, yes. because that's probably the single most underused uh, race in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I, I like that, too. Like, And most of his
1: uh, pirate gang back in Clone Wars were Weequays as right, well. Right, right.
2: Because that's where they
1: started. Yeah, so I think it was a group yeah, part- part-
0: of a week. way. So yeah, there's our questions for this week.
3: Um, I was going to add uh, another character that's Transformers-related. That's a good uh, backstabber, um, which uh, Jordan made me remember him. Um, because the whole switching between an Autobot formers have to conform reminded me of Shockwave in Transformers Animated. He, oh, um, yeah. He, he takes on the disguise of Longarm and actually rises un- far enough in the ranks of the Autobots to become a prime mm-hmm. and like he so, he does some pretty sinister shit as longarm like uh creating wasp as t- in and sending him down the path of him becoming waspinator and uh killing off a few like important characters as this like double agent and it, he, he was pretty he was a very effective backstabber as opposed to to uh Dark Scream.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <sighs> but yes, there's our questions for this week. Uh, anybody got anything they wanted to plug this week?
3: Um, I actually did a lot of art last couple of days, or last week or whatever. Um, I've been trying to Inktober, and I did like four sketches on a stream, which I've started oh, uh, doing a streaming artwork on um, dondar seventy six on Twitch and uh, Warren Beast actually retweeted my uh, tweet about streaming which I appreciated thank you And um, so you can catch those I'm going to be streaming a, uh, another catch up of October sometime next week and you can catch so you can catch it on my Twitch or you can just look at what I've done so far and what I will be doing on my uh, Twitter I'll be posting them and on my Tumblr which is uh, my Twitter being JohnDar726 and my Tumblr being
2: dangerchair.tumblr.com. That was a very cool. messy plug. <laughs> um, I tweeted some stuff this week. Uh, I've been tweeting when I uh, like um, when I read my comic books and tell people what what comic books they should read. Uh, Spider Man was good this week, and so was Great Lakes Avengers. Nice. Spider Man, yeah, Peter Parker, Spider Man, or Miles. This is the uh, sorry. I this is the Amazing Spider Man clone clone conspiracy. Yes, the the Peter Parker series. I'm actually doing clone I, stuff again. Yeah, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I'm sure they're doing it's it better now. It's written for me.
1: Well, I think I think even the cartoons now uh, taking doing the clone thing. Like they actually did like a whole multiverse thing where they had Miles and and uh, Flash Thompson and Spider-Man Noir Thing going on, yeah, I know, I'm did, not I, sure.
2: Yeah, they did. They did a. Sp- I, I I hadn't watched it, but they did a Spider Verse thing because the Spider Verse book was really good. Yeah,
1: it might have been I'm called Web
2: War, but yeah.
1: I I was actually I don't have much to plug, but I was going to tell you guys that hey, Milo's Murphy's Law is on Disney XD and it's a good show. In case you don't know, the folks who did Phineas and Ferb, I always forget is like Swampy Marsh and and Jeff. Pantering. Sorry if I can say the names what well, but they basically teamed up with Weird Al Yankovic and are creating a new cartoon. And it's kind of like in the same universe as Phineas and Ferb, but it's its own thing, like, you know, not Danville, but but yeah, and it's Probably actually somewhere else
0: in the tri-state area.
1: Yeah, and it's it's actually kind of fun. Like it doesn't have like the the same format as Phineas and Ferb where there was like the A plot with the ki- with Phineas and Ferb and the kids and the B plot with uh Doofenshmirtz and, and and uh uh and Perry Not but fair. it it's, it all focuses on Milo Milo but considering how like you know the whole idea is Murphy's law whatever bad will happen and he's kind of like uh voiced by Weird Al he's this character who's basically completely upbeat and optimistic despite the fact that you know nothing but calamity and trouble and stuff follows him uh but it and but it focuses on him and his and his friends and it actually is you know pretty good it's uh it's a fun show right
0: on so definitely check it out, folks. Yep. So yeah, Sounds cool. There we go. So it has been another week. Uh, so please tune in, and as always, uh, check oh, out audio um, entropy.
3: Oh yeah, go yes. say audio entropy. They've got like two new shows that just like oh yeah aired them last week.
0: Yep. Yep. We've uh, we've got uh, transmission radio, as well as uh, going parachute. They have both premiered as well. All on the watchtower is now linked on to uh, the website also. So if you want to check out audioentropy.com, we've got 11 podcasts on the network now.
3: And I will... Yeah, so we might not be in the top 10 anymore. <laughs> you fans aside! But, uh, and I will give my glowing re- recommendation to both Transmission and uh, Going Parachute, which I listened to last night, and I enjoyed both podcasts quite a bit.
0: And as always, if you have any questions or any comments, uh, you can reach us at beasts uh, podcast at gmail.com uh, at war and beast on twitter and of course on the facebook group war and beast podcast uh, and please feel free to rate and review and subscribe on itunes we are also on google play uh, so with that being said uh, it's been a week so let's roll i've been greg
3: i've been john i've been jordan i've been kendall
1: and save it for my birthday <laughs>
3: Nice. Nice. (laughs) Approve.